Wow. Oh, hello, hello. I like wow. our mug shots. That's good, by the way. I, I like, like I like the way I like the way they did my hair at the studio before I, I went to jail. It looked really good. I, hey, I mean, four brothers from I've uh, got it. the same mother, evidently. We like I've got a real, I got a real mugshot if he wants it. I gotta dig up some shit, but I got a mugshot. <laughs> hey T Y, well, I gotta admit, man, every time, every time, man, you you impress me every week. I'm trying to you be like you, dog. You showing out on me, man. Yeah, you 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 definitely added I, that you added something to that. That looked good. Oh, yeah, uh, eventually yeah. I'm gonna get to the that's all file footage. Uh, that's the stuff we won't get in trouble for, but pretty soon, you know, I will replace it with you know, shit from us uh, out at shows and things like that. It'll be fun. Wow. I'm assuming that's somebody related to Sergeant uh, Command Sergeant Major over there. We're probably yeah, going to have that, like that out to Miss Woodring. A hundred thousand people watching this one. He married. <laughs> he definitely married up. I just want to throw that out there before we bring him on. Man, he married up big boy. Hey, damn. Hey, before we get started, shouts out to every single body. Who's come back to see the Triple Threat Vet podcast show once again? I'm telling you guys, all, all four of us, man, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. You guys are the reason why we do it. You guys are the reason why we show up. To be honest, you guys are why I make it through the week because I can't wait to get to Thursday to be with my brothers and talk to you guys. So keep watching. Know that we love you, even if we don't tell you personally. By name, if you're out there, we love you. We appreciate you guys coming out and do us a favor. Uh, share, subscribe. What is the thing they say? You know what I'm saying? Like, subscribe, button, like and subscribe, and share. Smash that like button. Absolutely. Let's do this. Let's blow up together, guys. Holy cow, Doc Powell. Said, What's up? How you doing, Doc? <laughs> nice of you to tune in. <laughs> so uh, that, it was a pretty good week, right? Doc. She was awesome. I, well, I, Doc, I got this bump. Uh, and it, I don't know <laughs> where it came no from. Uh, but I needed somebody to take a look at it. Didn't want to so, it out there. That that was that was a key triggered word for out, Doc. Oh, right. wait a minute! Doc, right. I got this thing going on. <laughs> I, had a, right. hey, I had a I had a running prescription for penicillin back in the day with our docs. They already knew. Like I'm coming in, bro. I got some bad news. I got some bad news, and it, I got it from a toilet seat. Just want to throw that out there. So and they're like again. <laughs> Al, are you going to be on your best behavior this podcast, or, or, or should we expect? So I am. No, my so my wife is volunteering now with um, the hospice out here and and doing the the hospice stuff, and then also doing the eleventh hour stuff, and then she's also doing the veteran stuff. And the lady who brought her in and did all her stuff, her background, her trainer, my wife was like, "Oh, your husband." They were talking. Her husband's a retired uh, chief in the Navy too, and she was like, "What's your husband?" Is? She was telling about our podcast. She was like, "Oh my god, I'll have to watch that." And my wife. Was like, well, before yep. you tune in, I just want you to know that my <laughs> husband is not a reflection of me. <laughs> so I, so I, I made my wife a promise: I'm going to limit the f bombs moving forward to only a couple of show, only okay. when they're warranted, only when so, they're warranted. So April said, "Watch from today forward. No, don't go told, back." He told her husband, "She was like, you had your husband should watch, but I don't know if you're really going to want to watch." <laughs> <laughs> well, look, maybe we can help you with that, man. Maybe we, can do, maybe we can do like a, a fundraiser or something that every time you say the F-bomb, it costs. And then, you know, somebody has to, to put the number of times and then we can raise money. That way, either you're going to oh, make we, us we a lot of money. Yeah, you can either make Go us a lot of money 
from your field flying, flying. Well, I mean, flying we field. have the we have the papa brown. Every time he says it, you gotta hit it. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're trying to help you. That's if you want counseling, bro. I'm, we're, we're here to help. I, I'm gonna call Berto. Berto, I need you, I need you to figure out how to stop hey, that shit in there. from happening. He's in the chat. Yeah, yeah I see him. <laughs> hey, so let me go through these uh comments real quick. Uh we, okay. we're getting a lot of seven sixteenth people, so I, I'm very <laughs> appreciative of that. Uh, as you can see, I got my 716th and 101 MP shirts in the back. So big shout out to uh, Lonnie Lochner. I remember he was, Lonnie. Uh, he was at Fort Campbell for a long time. He ended up being a first sergeant in the 101st MP company. Welcome back, Lonnie. Uh, we seen you last week. Big, Welcome big back. Lonnie. Absolutely. And then Doc Powell, who I, I think we deployed together once or twice. I know we were there 0709. She was an awesome medic, combat medic. Mm. Uh, I actually wrote a rap. Me and a guy named Sergeant Green wrote a rap about Bog, B to the OG. I drive my gator up and down Disney. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, we might have to hear that one. I'm gonna have to hear yeah, that his, one. His platoon, I think, ran the uh, they had either one of the log packs down to Kabul or or they ran the the cage. I can't remember, but he was he was riding all around Bagram on that thing. And of course, we got uh, Berto in there. Who else we got? Philip Lenz. He was the XO, and he's also a mighty bass player in, in a band we had over there called Staff Infection. So, hey, thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you we went through the list of people that are here. Did you, so did you, I did think, you mention this guy? I don't know who he is, but he's he's repping yeah. for the 716. Oh, Nate Brookshire. He was the commander for HHD. Yeah. Man, you, on, you, you can't lead former. an officer out. You, you can't lead a cake eaters out, bro. Well, he was a sergeant uh, first class before, and then he, he made sergeant first class and then became an officer. And then he, he was a, uh, you know, a damn fine captain commander of HHD when we were deployed. So that's that's awesome. Jimmy and of Curry. course, that's my cousin. So what's up, cuz? Well, up, I think, Ty, on that note, then, I mean, everybody's here to see our, our, our hallowed guest today. I'm excited about it. He's a legend. If you guys don't know him, I'm, I'm sure a lot of these people do know him. So I think it's about that time, Ty, to go ahead and let's do an introduction and bring the man of the hour on. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will, uh, you, why are you sweating, to, Ty? You look a little nervous over there. Man, I'm telling you, I, I've not had, but I, you know, we had all kinds of people on this on this uh, podcast, and and I've not really gotten butterflies in my stomach announcing someone or with them being on. But this gentleman, I met him in 2002 when I switched from 551 MP Company to the 101st MP Company Air Assault. It's the division uh, MP Company. He was a platoon sergeant. What's up, home front sit rep? Um, his name is Sergeant Major Rich Woodring. He went on to become the military district of Washington and Pentagon Sergeant Major. He was a, a regimental MP Sergeant Major. I'm probably getting some of that wrong. I know he was a first sergeant in Germany in the 630th MP. So without further ado, let's bring on Rich Woodring. Hey. There he is. Welcome, he welcome. Is. Oh. Cool. Welcome, Rich. How you doing? Doing well. Thank you. Thank you for uh, for having me in. And hey, just to clarify, that's my sister. That's not my wife. She's out of the net ah! today. So, <laughs> so hey, I, that, didn't, I didn't marry hey, up. That would be a little hokey. That, well, not, I mean, that's, that's more Thai style. That's not Kentucky shit. So, I mean, it would be okay where he's from. Very well. Very well. I no. Just want to want to clarify that one. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. Well, so we wanted. So that to... means she, you're, she is she married? Uh, oh no, no, no. Uh oh. 
Okay. okay. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Well, Rich, we wanted to uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, it is a pleasure to talk to you, sir. I think that uh, this is going to be one of those episodes that's going to get replayed over and over again because if I know anything about our man Ty and everything that he said about you, I am like excited to hear about your history, hear about the I things will. that you're getting into, and just hear about like like what makes you tick and what makes you move forward. And I'm I'm just telling, you, I'm excited to. to to just get to know you a little bit better. Cool. Oh, I, I definitely appreciate it. Um, and I, I did have a one story about Doc Powell real quick. She may or may not remember this, but uh, we were in Iraq, and I think I was the uh, – I, I may have been the CSM by then. I may have been the officer major, but I was out running, and uh, there was a, a pretty bad dust storm, and I – the ground reached up and bit and threw me down and uh i had cut my leg and, and stuff and i went and knocked on her door and i'm like hey uh doc is this thing gonna be okay or whatever and she just kind of looked at me like you are stupid being out in this in the first place and uh she uh she hooked me up and and fixed me but uh she was she was fantastic i'm glad that she's on here and, and doing well and and all of the other 716 folks and 630 folks and everybody else who may be listening uh hey mike good to see you uh, Lonnie and all those folks, um, you know, I could, I could spend this entire show just sitting here and thanking everybody by name that, that made me successful. Cause it sure as hell wasn't me. Um, it was folks like Ty. Um, and you know, I mean, it just, just on and on and on. And I, I would, I would feel terrible if I, if I tried to mention names and I forgot people because I mean, that's, it, there's just too many people to, to say, why I'm successful. It, it was never anything I did. I was just fortunate enough to ride the coattails of the best men and women in, in the United States. And, and that's truly how I feel. I've, I've heard that for Spoken so many like years. You probably heard that about 10 times, haven't you, Todd? Yeah, 10? Yeah, more than yeah. 10. Shout out to Michael <laughs> Vaughn. I actually went to aerosol school with Michael Vaughn. He was, uh, he was a PSD for General Petraeus. He was the NCOIC for the PSD that's team right. for General Petraeus. During 03, so shout out, Battle Buddy. Yeah, I, uh, um, as a matter of fact, I think I took a tiny bit of uh, butt pain from getting him out processed very quickly so that he could go back and join General Petraeus. Because uh, at the time, I'm like, bullshit, he's ours. And they're like, uh, this is General Petraeus. Well, he's, yeah, he, clearly he's General Petraeus, so he's clearly, not mine. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was pretty, pretty interesting. But I do want to, be, before I even start anything, I, I do want to thank you guys too, because I've, I've watched uh, several of your shows. And I, I tell you what, what you're doing for the veteran community and, and just the military at large, um, you guys are outstanding. I, I think it's a great service um, of what you're doing for us. And, uh, you know, giving that voice to people out there like, uh, you know, Rudd uh, a couple of weeks ago and, and fight and those guys and just different approaches of, of how veterans can take care of themselves and, and the opportunities are out there, especially, you know, if they're struggling through things like PTSD and, and that. And I think we all have different ways of, of how we cope with it. And uh, it's just, it's great that what you guys are doing for, for the veterans out there. Man, that's awesome. Thanks, Sergeant Major. That. Thank Appreciate you. It. Cool. cool. <clears throat> I've often said to all my soldiers that uh, after working with me for a year, that in that closer proximity, you're probably going to need to talk to the wizard, uh, <laughs> yeah. just because of how intense that I know that I was, and 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 I learned it from people, you know, like you and and Brandon Hughes and Lonnie Lochner and 
all those guys that are in the chat right now. It's giving me chills to see all these people. Were part I of think that I ran into you at CIF or something when I came back as the OPSAR major. You were sitting at CIF or something like that. And uh, I, was, uh, I was, or maybe clothing sales. But I know we talked to you. Like I had talked to you for like 10 minutes. I'd just gotten there from the academy. I was going up to, to take the operations sergeant major job. And, and I mean, Cobb, you look like a kid in Christmas, man. You were so excited about it. And I was like, I'm like, damn, man, wait till he really gets to see me. He ain't gonna be too excited. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, talking about that, Rich, let's let's walk through like walk us through what brought you into the army. Like what made you decide to take that step to serve your country and kind of fill in the gaps for us on on what it was like coming up in the ranks and how you got to where you were when you met Ty and then a little bit about like what you guys did together and, and the impact you guys made. So sure. Matt, before he jumps in, I can answer the first part of that question. What made him join the army? The low ASVAB score. He probably scored <laughs> on the ASVAB. <laughs> probably pushed him that direction. Just want to say. Yeah. Uh, 109. So uh, yeah, okay. I mean, okay. my, 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 uh, my choices were slim. Stand corrected. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh you know, and, and, and this kind of ties into the thing that I'll talk about later, you know, of, of us and what we need to do to, to talk about encouraging people to join the service. So I was, uh, um, you know, my, my mom and dad got divorced when I was little, uh, around eight years old. And, and it was my mom and uh, my brother and sister. And, and, you know, long story short, we moved uh, 12 times. I went to three different high schools. Uh, you know, uh, we were... I mean, for lack of better words, we were poor, uh, you know, food stamps, uh, didn't have nice, nice cars, stuff like that and everything. And uh, I really struggled in school and I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and then I uh, had an army recruiter hit me up uh, and said, you know, hey, why don't you think about joining the army? And and I met a guy that was in one of the reserve uh, detachments there and and he said, uh you know, you can join the reserves and, you know, it's really no risk. And I'm like, okay, you know, why not? So I, I signed up, um, but I went into delayed entry program in the reserves and uh, I went to basic training at Fort McClellan in 1985. So signed up in 84, went to basic in AIT or went to basic in, in 85. And as soon as I got into basic training, I absolutely loved it. I'm like, this, this is me. This is this is what I want. I, I loved the discipline. I loved the structure. Um, I loved the camaraderie, the competition, everything else. And I, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, I actually got smoked really bad by my drill sergeant because I signed up for airborne school and uh, I was a reservist and they they went me pretty bad because uh, I guess my name somehow got through the pipeline initially. And they're like, hey, dude, you you can't go. And I'm like, uh, why not? And uh, so I so I did that. I, I went back immediately. Um, I got coached by my commander, um, which I was very fortunate uh, because, you know, the reserve paid for the, that slot. And, you know, I had to have a reason to go active duty. And they they kind of helped me come up with a way to do it. So I, I immediately joined the active army, went back into to basic training. I really wanted to go overseas first um, because, you know, I, I'd never been anywhere. I mean, Kansas, Oklahoma. You know, and that was that was really the extent of, of my travels. And so I uh, I had asked to go overseas right away and they said, yeah, sure, you can go overseas. You can go to Korea. And I'm like, great. When can I go? Uh, 30 days. Nope, that's not fast enough. Um, 
Well, we can send you to Germany. Okay, great. When can I go? Well, you can ship out in about 30 days. Nope. I want to go somewhere now, like right now, as soon as possible. So the guy told me, he goes, well, we have Fort Stewart, Georgia. And I'm like, well, Georgia's not overseas unless you're talking about, you know, the former Soviet Georgia. And and he was like, he goes, uh, no, he goes, you know, Fort Stewart, Georgia. He goes, that's a good place. And uh, he goes, you know, it's down by Savannah. And he goes, uh, they got the Rangers there. And I and I had heard about the Rangers and, and stuff like that. I said, oh, I said, cool. I said, so can I be a Ranger? He's like, absolutely. Bullshit. I could not <laughs> at the time. You know, so so the so the old recruiter got me on that one. Uh, so there good I am. Man, I, good man. I, I show up at uh, Fort Stewart, Georgia. I hate heat and humidity, by the way. Didn't know crap about the South under Fort McClellan. And uh, uh, yeah, it was it, it was miserable. So I was in a garrison. Uh, well, I started out initially in the in the 24th MP company briefly, uh, got moved up to the uh, to the garrison MP company to work the road, basically. Um, that uh, was worked in the traffic section. Um, I at the time was the only PFC uh, with, that was allowed to be a patrol supervisor. Everybody else was sergeants and specialists. So Pretty much my entire career, with the exception of two years, I've been in charge of somebody. So you were um, take charge even as a PFC? I, uh, our CSM came down one one day in a guard mount. And he goes, is there anybody here who thinks they can do a flawless guard mount? And I'm like, sure, why not? Um, <laughs> I did it, and he was like, I'll be damned. He goes, you know how many times I've been to Fort Stewart and up here at Hunter, and I've asked people to take this <laughs> challenge, and nobody's done it? And he goes, and you're the only person who's ever done it flawlessly? He goes, you're a patrol suit now. And, you know, I, I was like, cool, you know, so what does that mean? I don't stand gate. I was like, hell yeah. Um, so, so I did that, uh, for about a year and a half, moved into traffic, worked in the traffic section. So your swamp thing picture, um, that's, that's where that came from. I was actually working yeah, in I was the traffic ask, section. What the time frame was for that? Uh, that, uh, 86, <laughs> maybe 87 um no maybe maybe 86 uh so they came in looking for people to be in the movie and i was working behind the counter at the time i was getting ready to go out on patrol and i said uh they came in they said uh hey can we talk to your your boss and i'm like sure what about and they said uh, we want to put some flyers up on on post uh to advertise for this movie I said, sure. I said, you know, hang on for just a second. And so I went in, I told the provost marshal, hey, sir, you know, these folks here, they want to they want to talk to you about uh, doing a, a movie or something like that. So they go in and they talk to him and, and tell him what they're doing. They, they're looking for people to to be extras in this movie. And uh, so my boss is like, uh, he goes, well, um, what kind of people are you looking for? And they go, that dude that we just saw out there, he needs to apply. Um, so after they left, they came out and they're like, Hey, Woodring, they want you to go down there. And, and I'm like, I'm not doing that crap. I, you know, I'm like, I said, why would I do that? And they're like, why they, they want, they want you to do it. And I'm like, I'm not going to get this part. And I'm like, I'm not going to go waste my time standing out there. Well, my NCOIC made me go with him because he actually wanted to do it. Um, so they, they brought us in, in a room, a group of 12 and, uh, you know, they just asked you questions. It was a stunt coordinator that, that asked us these questions, you know, kind of like, Hey, what do you do? Are you familiar with weapons and that they did not want Rangers. They specifically did not want Rangers because of the haircut at the time they wore high tights. And, uh, so, you know, I, they're like, do any of you guys have familiarity with weapons? I'm like, well, duh. Yeah. Um, uh, at the time I was on the SRT, it's like the army equivalent of a SWAT team. 
And, uh, you know, they said, any, any of you guys have any, any special skills? And I said, well, I'm, I'm on an SRT. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, it's, it's, I said, it's kind of like the army's version of a SWAT team. So they start writing down in their notebooks and everything. And, uh, and then they're like, you know, is there anybody else, anybody have any other skills or anything like this? And I said, well, yeah, I mean, I, I can, I do repelling and all that. They start writing in their notebooks and, and so they get done and, and, they tell everybody, okay, hey guys, thanks. We'll we'll give you a call back in in about fifteen or twenty days, uh, if 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 we need you. And so so we walk out, and my boss is like, hey, how'd it go? And I'm like, I said, sir, there's no way. Uh, you know, I said, hey, sir, there's no way. I said, you know, these guys. I said, a lot of these guys are have been extras in other shows, and I said, we're I'm not going to get a call. I got back to the office, and they had already called and said, when can this guy start? Um, so. I worked uh, 30 days on the set, got to meet Heather Locklear, got to meet Tommy Lee. Uh, of course, you know, Dick Durock was uh, was Swamp Thing in that one. Uh, met Heather Lee's, uh, Heather Locklear's uh, uh, sister. Um, and it was just, it was just a, a crazy experience. Uh, it, it was, it was really fun. Um, I wouldn't do it again because, uh, you know, it just, it just, it wasn't my thing. But well, now uh, you'll be the leading man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And that movie, yeah. that movie scared the shit out of me. I was seven years old when that movie came out. That, that was the dumbest damn movie in the world. Scared the um, shit out of me. <laughs> I, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, um, I think I've seen it like four times, and I, I never plan on seeing it again. Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, I am, I am actually the guy who was. If you look at the close up, I fired two or three that blew him up in the swamp. So that's that's my claim to fame. And right. so the, this thing where you see us at the fence, and he hits our two heads together. Well, the first time, he really freaking smacked our heads together. And I mean, it hurt. It, it sounded like two damn coconuts, you know. Hit the, I'm like, son of a bitch. And, you know, you look at this big old dude, and he's staring over. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm really sorry about that. And I'm like, damn. You know, I said, uh, and they're like, hey, we need to do it again. I'm like, oh, I don't think so. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, that was the thing. But it was, it, was a, it was a great experience, and it was, it was just something, uh, something neat. But uh, – so I all, we used all to get fast in trouble forward. for mentioning this. Yeah, Back well, day, we used to get in trouble for mentioning it because I, yeah, I screened and, the movie in the day room one time, and and Captain Dable showed a clip of it of, of patrolling <laughs> yeah, it Dable, at JRTC. Yeah. We talked um, about it when he was an OC down there. Exactly. Yeah, I was like, this is crazy. Um, but I did get my carrot cake, so I was happy with that. Um, but uh, yeah, so after that, I, I left Fort Stewart. Um, I went to Turkey for a year. Uh, fantastic experience. Really enjoyed that. Uh, I was a, uh, a site NCOIC on a, on a nuclear weapons site, uh, had a really good time with that. Went back to Fort Stewart, got put on the desk as a desk sergeant. Um, they called me Dr. Death because it seemed like every time I worked, um, people would uh, people would wind up dying um, and I would get those calls. And uh, I tell you what, I, I think I invented uh, multitasking because I could listen to the radio. Uh, I listen to I-95. I could be typing the blotter. I could be answering the phone and issuing weapons at the same time, not miss a beat. Um, and so I, I did that. And then uh, I went to Germany, went there. And that's where I really started thinking that, you know, hey, I got to step my game up because, you know, I, I went to a core MP company. Uh, I met the 630th uh, MP company, right? Sorry. No, no, no. This was the 212th at the time. 212th, uh, 630th okay, was when I was first started. So right, went to the 212th MP company. Um, I, uh, really met some good NCOs. Mickey McQuain was a, still is a good friend of mine, but I looked and I'm like, man, I got to step my game up. 
because these guys are sharp and I've, I've kind of stagnated a little bit. Um, so I really put my heart and soul into, you know, learning the field craft and, and, uh, and leadership and that to, to, to keep up, you know, more or less. And, uh, so I started out as a team leader. Uh, by the time I left, I was, uh, I was a new staff sergeant. I think I'd been a staff mark, staff sergeant, maybe six, seven months. And I was a platoon sergeant and I had deployed him to Bosnia and I, I did nine months to Bosnia Got sent to uh, from there to Fort Huachuca, uh, went back into investigations. I was a supervisor for uh, military police investigations for two years. Um, and then uh, from there, went over to Korea, ops, NCO, and then I was a platoon sergeant in Korea. Sent, and that's when I finally got uh, stuff to go to Fort, uh, to go to Fort Campbell. Um, I had asked, uh, and I had a good sergeant major there, uh, Sergeant Major uh, Dorian. Um, who had been in Campbell before she pulled some strings, got me sent to Campbell. Um, and by the great God, I got sent to the 101st MP company as a non-assault, uh, air assault, non-airborne MP. And I was like, what in the hell am I walking into? Um, I'm a sergeant first class, going to be a platoon sergeant, and I got no wings. I'm a flatliner, um, so I'm, I'm not going to do well. And as a matter of fact, I remember the first day I get there, my first sergeant, uh, first sergeant Bisnick, Sits there and he goes, uh, he goes, he goes, Hey, uh, Sergeant, you know, welcome to 101st MP company. I'm like, Hey, Roger that first time. He goes, got one question for you. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, uh, you got an extra pair of boots in your, in your vehicle. <laughs> I'm like, uh, sure do. And he goes, good. You're going to be doing the O course here in a little bit. Um, so if you were not aerosol qualified at the time, every single day you did PT in the morning, at the end of the day, you went out, you did your two miles and your boots and BDUs and you went and did the O course. And that was every day until you got aerosol qualified. Um, so I, I was built up for it. I was ready to go to air assault school, mentally set and everything else. And, and I'm that, I'm that dumbass that sits there and does every single push up and every single flutter kick when they're telling you to drop and everything. Cause I'm thinking they're all staring directly at me. Um, and so as fate is, as, as fate would have it, I started at the front of the obstacle course and not the back of the rope climb. And uh, uh, long story short, I, I failed uh, air assault school the first time, got to the rope, got almost all the way up, reached on the thing, slipped and fell down. So oh, what man. they do is they move you to the back of the line and they say, hey, you know, you're going to you're going to redo it. Well, there was only like uh, at the time, there's I think only two people or three people in front of me. The dude right in front of me goes up. Grabs rope, let's go, and I'm like, you son of a bitch! You know, I got no rest, um, so I had to. I the guy looks at me, he goes, go, and I'm like, oh, geez. So I get almost up to the top again. I couldn't do it. I went back to the company. I went into the commander, and 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 that, and I said, uh, you need to kick me out of the company. I said, I, I can't maintain the standard, and I said, I'm I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. This is not what uh, I should do. And my commander just kind of looked at me, he goes, shut up. He goes, you're going to go back to aerosol school. You're going to pass it. And this is going to be behind you. But that's the only school I've ever failed. Um, but, you know, that even the even one of the, the instructors told me, he goes, hey, dummy, you're not supposed to do every push up and every push. when we're not watching, you're not pushing. And I'm like, well, shit, nobody told me that. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking I'm being watched every second. So second time I went through, uh, it, I breezed it. Um, and. So I did that, uh, deployed the uh, part of our platoon to, to Kosovo, um, had a great time over there, came back, uh, was on orders to go to Germany, 
went to Germany the second time, uh, and immediately I was a detachment sergeant for the 793rd MP Battalion, got deployed to Kosovo again. Um, we got extended in Kosovo because uh, at the time uh, the Iraq war had just started to kick off. Um, so I was like, well, that's it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss my opportunity. I'm, I'm probably not going to deploy because I'm going to be stuck here in Kosovo. And I was scheduled to become a first sergeant um, uh, already, but uh, they, the battalion sergeant major said, hey, I, I really need you as a detachment sergeant. Okay, gotcha. Um, so I went and did that. Uh, then I eventually moved over to the 630th MP company and uh, took over as a first sergeant. We deployed to Iraq, um, did the 12 months there. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I, I lost a soldier over there. Um, probably the most difficult time I, I had ever had as a leader um, at that time uh, growing up. And, uh, you know, we got back. We weren't even back from the deployment and the company already knew they were going back again. Um, you know, so it, it was it was kind of a, a really hard pill for them to swallow and, and even harder for me because I knew I wasn't going to be able to go. Um, I've been selected for the Sergeant's Major Academy. Uh, I asked if I could forego the academy and stay. Uh, they said, absolutely not. You're going to the academy. So went to Fort Bliss, um, did my time in the academy, then went to Fort Campbell the second time. And that's when uh, I ran into Cobb uh, the second time. But let me tell you about PFC Cobb. Um, oh, so Cabo, here we go. Um, as, here we as go. My, as my Camo guy there in uh, in in the hundred first. So you know, Cobb was kind of like the jack of all trades. He he could do everything. He could work on the vehicles. He could do radios. Um, he uh, he could do everything well. Um, except every once in a while, Cobb just kind of had this tendency to to be where I didn't need him to be. Um, and, and it was always like, I'd be somewhere and I was like, you know, I'd be talking to somebody, I'd be doing something like it. And I'd look up and there's fucking Cobb walking by. I'm like, what is this dude doing here? You know, this is not where, this is not Camo. This is not where Cobb's supposed to be. Oh, you mean and, to say you know, the country? Oh, I didn't know this is opposite country. <laughs> and I, I, I think at one time I was up, I was actually, I think I was over at the, at, at the uh, higher talk because we were supporting an op out in the field and uh and, and i'm sitting there and you know I'm, i think my platoon and i actually get our butt chewed over something and i look up and Cobb is walking by the damn talk and i'm like you're not even in our company area dude how the hell are you over here and it was just like I'm, i i was like i told my boss or I, I told platoon leader i said man i swear Cobb has a tracking device on us and he is he is just watching what we're doing and I think he was he was kind of like my silent bodyguard. I was ready to bum rush somebody if uh, if if I got in trouble too bad or anything. But he just you know the one thing I can always say about Cobb, tried and true. It, it did not matter the problem or anything else. He definitely had your back. You know, oh, yeah. Cobb always had your back, and uh, he just he he just he just cracked me up, man. There you go, that damn plugger. <laughs> yeah. Birdo, uh, and, dagger. It was a dagger. Dagger. Okay. Plugger, dagger. It's all the same damn thing to me. Start ends with an R. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, and then flash forward, we're over in Iraq again. We're told we're going to do 15 months. Um, I had been on the list to to be a, a CSM. Um, 
they were going to pull me to send me to Afghanistan and uh, the powers that be had a big fight about it. And they're like, hey, no, he's an ops guy. He's going to go over there and, and we'll worry about if, if he gets to be a CSM later. Well, as fate would have it, uh, the, the current battalion CSM at the time, he got selected to take a brigade and, and uh, he was able to get them to release him and then let me uh, take his place. So I, I was pretty fortunate, but uh, I had a battalion commander that um, was straight up a pain in the ass. Um, and he wanted me to build this talk mahal. Um, he wanted this, this, you know, Frickin' talk that, you know, stadium seats and all this other crap and everything. And uh, I'm like, you got to be shitting me, man. We're in the middle of Iraq and we got all these companies and everything. You're worried about stadium seating. Uh, oh, okay. Um, so, you know, I went to Cobb and I'm like, hey, man, this is what I need. This is what this is what we got. This is how we're going to do it and everything else. And he just looked at me. He's like, I got it. I'm like, well, damn, I'm glad somebody does because I ain't got it. Um <laughs> You know, so it, it was always those things that 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 when I knew I was in a in a pinch and I really needed support, you know, I I, I asked no further. Cobb would have my back, and even if it wasn't a combo related thing, you know, other than other than misplacing that damn dagger, um, you know, <laughs> and I and I think I was wise to it because uh, my chew was right behind the headquarters, and I heard all these footsteps one night and it may have been them and it may have been another company lost some hand grenades. Um, but I heard all these footsteps kind of going back and forth, back and forth. And they'd stop in front of my chew and then they'd walk off again. And then they come and they'd stop in front of my chew and they'd walk off again. So finally I heard a long pause and I'm like, why don't you just knock on the damn door and tell me what you want to tell me? And they come up and they're like, Oh, sorry, major, uh, we're missing this <laughs> yeah. and we're missing this and, uh, and, and we can't find these grenades. And I'm like, uh, Oh, <laughs> okay. How many, how many grenades was it? How do you uh, lose grenades? I think it was an ammo can of grenades. I think it was like uh, in the hell? 12 or 13 of them. <laughs> That's not those uh, 15 hand grenades you sold me last week. Is it? <laughs> oh no, no, no. The hand oh, okay, grenades okay. had nothing to do with me. Mine was uh, a, <laughs> mine was a dagger back at Fort Campbell. Yeah, yeah, the hand grenades. That was okay. uh, one of those companies that was down the 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 way from us in that other building. Oh, okay. But yeah, I remember yeah, all that yeah. stuff. Too. So, so yeah, it, it, it was like people would knock on my door before they would go knock on like Quentin Smith's door yep. or Sergeant Major's door because yep. I knew them get that so sounding board. From a, yeah, from a PFC. <laughs> yeah. So they is he going to kill I me? How they were going to react? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or is he going to get the knife hand? That's that's what it was. <laughs> that's what you I, you invented it. I knew you did. I freaking yeah. knew it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, what was this rocket under your uh, under your cot there, Cobb? Uh, I thought he was wanting you to tell a story, but this is the story where where we were five sixty first. Yeah, was in Salerno in two thousand six, and some incoming came in and so went, uh, went right through your chew, right? One, yeah, went right through my chew, destroyed my PlayStation, but didn't explode. So I went and uh, talked I heard the story first. Sergeant, yeah, I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah, not, that, not uh, a, that rocket hit our tent, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, I heard that story um, one night eating edibles, and it was, I don't remember much of it till now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, it, again, it just cowboys had my back and stuff like that. So, we got back and we did a uh, um, we did a sea smurf mission for a little while. And Cobb, I think you were still there, oh, right? Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. So, we, I was, we had to take over the chemical consequence uh, response force management thing and uh, did that for a while. And then, 
I, I got sent to Hawaii for a hell tour um, as a brigade CSM. Uh, it was, it was actually pretty good, but uh, you know, again, we had, had some issues there with, uh, with my commander. Um, and then I'm, I'm in the middle of that, uh, that rotation in Hawaii and I get called uh, from the SMA's office and they're like, uh, Hey, give me a reason why you can't go to Afghanistan. And I'm like, uh, I don't have a reason why I can't go to Afghanistan. Um, so next thing oh, okay. I know, I'm the task force that you, yeah. Then I'm sent to combined joint interagency task force four, three, five in Afghanistan, where we have all the detainees. Um, wow. I don't know shit about detainees. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Bravo by trade. So my, I was a combat support MP and, uh, I, you know, other than a few little hokey EPW camp things that we had done, um, I didn't know anything about detainee operations and so i i i learned real quick uh but i really didn't learn anything i trusted those folks that were in there to to do the right thing and, and to tell me the right thing and and make sure that that i was taking care of them i mean that was that was my biggest thing is i'm gonna have your back but you you've got it you've got to be straight with me and you you've got to do everything right because if i'm gonna have your back by god then then i want to know that i'm doing it for the right reason um <clears throat> Well, so, this, uh, this brings this brings me to something I, I want to say to sure. you because I, I remember I remember sitting in your office with your squad leaders and that's actually where I learned you know to sit with your squad leaders and kind of go over the weeks happening maybe go over the next training uh, calendar for the next couple of weeks yeah but it I was listening when you were PFC you were patrol soup so at what point did you start like like reading the training schedule to know what was going on. Like, did that start at PFC or was it at staff sergeant when, whenever you, you, you know, you hit that milestone? Um, actually when I was an E2, um, uh, before I became a PFC, because, you know, back in the day, I mean, the training schedule was the gospel. That, that's what you did. And, and, you know, I, I, I've even said a couple of times, the military's not hard, uh, as, as long as you, as you really do three things, you're at the right place, right time, the right uniform, and you're ready to do the mission that you're supposed to do. If you can do those things, you can be successful. Um, uh, and and so that, you know, the training schedule was our thing. That's that's what you had to do. It told you your shift. It told you what the uniform was. Um, and it told you, you know, what time you're going to be on, what off. And then it had your references, you know, if, especially if you were doing field training or something like that. Hey, it's FM 3-5 or this, that, the other. Um, so I, I really... Then I, I did it. And I was very fortunate because I had a, a great, my squad leader sucked, but my platoon sergeant was excellent. And I swear this guy was like from Gardens of Stone. I mean, our rooms had to be immaculate. Everything was um, dress right dress. Everything had to be six inches from the wall. When you weren't in the room, the trash can was turned upside down. Two finger spaces between each hanger. Everything was buttoned, buttoned. Um, you know, all of that stuff. That is, I mean, that is exactly the way everything had to be done. I just ate it up. I mean, I, that was me to a T. I had everything, you know, it's it just the way it was. Yeah, I can tell um, by the background. I can tell by the stuff you got in the background right there. It's all measured up and everything. I can see it. This is actually my garage, too. I mean, it, wow. it, think about think about the rest of the house. Oh, it's, that, uh, that's the garage. I, I already know it, what kind of situation. Yeah, my, uh, that's my, the, the house is my wife's domain, so I get the garage. Um, Shit, I'm sitting in my damn spare room in my trailer in the hood. I don't know what the hell going on. That's why my lighting sucks so bad. Yeah. 
we're going to uh, we're going to pay some bills real quick, and then uh, we'll bring it right back. Well, hold All on, right, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, you're on the Triple Threat Vet Podcast with a true American hero, Witch Rich Rudering in the building, and we will be right back after we come to these bill payments that we have to do here. Stand by. Get ready to groove to the electrifying sounds of DJ Royalty, the maestro of mixing who knows how to turn any event into an unforgettable dance sensation. Royalty Entertainment is here to bring you the ultimate musical experience straight from the ones and twos in your ears and through your body to activate them dancing shoes. Get ready to sweat, party, and have a good time while your DJ needs are being blazed by none other than me, DJ Royalty. I have spent years crafting together a DJ entertainment empire that promises a customized blend of musical tracks, mixing mastery, and top quality sound, all while providing a vibrant ambiance to accommodate any of your DJ needs. Royalty Entertainment Services is your premier one-stop shop for top-tier musical entertainment and is hosted by yours truly. For more information, reservations, and booking, feel free to look around the website at GoDJRoyalty.com. I am DJ Royalty, and this has been another Royalty Entertainment production. Yeah. Got Your Six Culture is a veteran-owned t-shirt company that's making a powerful impact, one t-shirt at a time. These guys are simply badass. Whether you're a proud veteran or a family member or a patriot at heart, you're going to find the perfect tee that speaks directly to your soul. But wait, there's more. When you shop at Got Your Six Culture, you're not just supporting veterans, you're supporting American small business. You're also supporting the dream of veteran-owned small businesses around the world. And these guys put heart and passion into everything through designing all their t-shirts right here in the USA, ensuring you have top-notch quality in every design that you purchase. Show your appreciation for veterans and first responders today and head over to gotyoursixculture.com and browse their amazing collection of products. And guess what? Our friends at Got Your Six have a badass treat special for our listeners. Use the code TRIPLETHREAD at checkout and get an exclusive 15% discount on your purchase. So show your support for our heroes of country and community. Shop at gotyoursixculture.com right now. And don't forget to use the code TRIPLETHREAT at checkout for an additional 15% off. Hashtag same flag, same oath. Hey guys, it's Jeff with Veteran Mortgage Solutions. If you've been thinking about purchasing a home but have questions about how your VA home loan benefits work, join us for our VA home loan boot camp. We have classes every Tuesday morning at 11 and Thursdays in the evening at 6 p.m. Use the link below and you can register for our class so that you have all the information you need when you're ready to purchase your next home. We'll see you soon. <laughs> we back back live in effect so rich <laughs> hey rich i was going to tell you i don't feel bad about failing um air assault you know school the first time around i fell high school twice bro and look where i'm at you know what i'm saying it's all good <laughs> and, I, and i'll tell you I, I take back i know berto's already comment I, I, berto i do take back my comment about the about the army because you know why i didn't join the army because i'm watching these comments and most of these posts and bases that y'all have Hell, I can't pronounce or even spell right. half of those. So I did. I joined the Navy because that shit was easy. Uh, NAS Jacksonville. We name them after the 
city that they're in. Y'all got <laughs> Fort Haka Chikalaka. I don't even know what the hell is going on, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I actually wanted to be a Marine, but uh, I just, you know, the Army got to me first. And I was like, hey, man, whatever. It, it sounds good. And I really thought I had a shot at being a Ranger. And then, of course, you know, recruiter fed me a line of shit. Uh, I tried to uh, actually tried to reclass the infantry, and at the time, MPs were a critical MOS. I'm like, you're you're shitting me. I'm a PFC, and I'm a critical. Uh, and then after that, I just, I mean, I started moving up the ranks, and I'm like, man, I'm 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 happy where I'm at. <laughs> well, well I would. You're, st you're still in phenomenal shape. That, I mean, yeah. you look like you could still you. So there's a couple of different types of veterans. I was thinking about this this week because I was watching yeah. this video of this guy who was like, I'm 101st, and he was clearly old. And some young kid, like, I mean, folding him up like a lawn chair. And I was like, damn, that would be me, right? Because, but there's a couple different types of vets. And, you, you know, you know, there's the, I wish you would, and I still can type vets like you. Like, yeah. you you look like you still go out and pat, take your PT test every week. Look like you, you know, you, if they called you back, you're going to be just fine. The rest yeah. of us regular vets, bro, we don't put on the fifth, we don't put on the fifth, the, the freshman 50. Yeah. Like, I'm that vet, like, I can't, I'm not even going to fight you. Like I'm the guy who you're safe as long as you're within the max effect outside the max effective range of whatever I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. But you yeah. look like you could still go down range with the best of them and, and do your thing. The rest of us, not so much. Maybe You know, I, I, I work out now because, because I can and I want to, not because I have to. And I think it really is a, it's a big difference. Um, you're, but you look, you look good, brother. And I know it's yeah. a baby, so that's kind of weird when I say it because everybody's like, we knew probably he's a, he's a good he's in good shape, man. I'm 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 jealous. I'm gonna hit hey, some push-ups after we get off this podcast. No, you Me ain't too. <laughs> I think I think the world wants to know, right? Uh -oh. um, I think the world wants to know. So you have different types of people, like I was saying. But mm -hmm. what is it? What is it about you that? you can wake up and say, it doesn't matter where the army sends me, where they take me. I have a job to do. I'm willing to put my life on the line. I'm here for my brothers. I'm here for my people. I'm here as a leader. And no matter what, I'm 100% in it because I could just tell your whole aura about you. You're a leader. You're a natural born mm -hmm. leader. People are going to follow you because you seem to be the type of person who you walk the walk with your people. And that's why the respect is so high. But in your words, what is it about you that that makes you that way? Um, well, first off, uh, thanks for that. Um, I, I think where I got that from is just kind of growing up as my in my childhood. I mean, I, again, I, I didn't really have uh, I didn't have a close relationship with my dad after uh, after my mom and dad got divorced <clears throat> and. I kind of realized that, you know, um, what I was going to have to do, I was going to have to work for it. Um, I, nothing was going to be given to me. Uh, again, like I said, we were, we were, we were poor and I, I knew that I was going to have to work for it. And I, I, I'm, I'm very competitive, but at the same time, um, I'm, I, I also know that other people are, you know, I, um, what's that? There's a phrase that's out there that's, uh, um, I've never felt I was good enough. Let's put it that way. I've always struggled thinking of, of like, why did I get this job? Um, there are better people Imposter than me syndrome. out there. 
Imposter yeah, syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I have always questioned every job I've gotten. I'm like, why am I doing this? Why, why am I getting this job? Why, why am I fortunate? But, but the thing that I, I realized early on to, to kind of is, is I appreciated the people along the way because I knew I, I couldn't do it by myself. Um, you know, that's why I bring up like the, like Mickey McQueen. I looked at him and I'm like, man, that's a competition. I, I have to step my game up. Um, you know, then I looked at, uh, in the 101st rich Vader, I'm like, holy cow, man, you know, here's a machine. I got to step my game up, you know, guys like Lonnie Loeschner and, and, you know, and, and those, those folks. Um, so I always had a, I always had a, I always felt like I, I had to do better and that I, that I was never good enough, um, in my own, my own right. Um, and so, you know, with that though, I, I always took things personal. I mean, I, I, I always took things personal. I mean, for God's sakes, you know, we were MPs. I'm a, I'm a battalion CSM and my, my, uh, my battalion's getting DUIs. And I'm like, how is this possible? You know, we're, we're hypocrites if we're out getting DUIs because we're supposed to be enforcing the law. We're not supposed to be breaking the damn law. And, and it just really upset me. And I, I remember we had an incident where we had a kid that uh, had just gotten back on uh, – uh, R and R, and I mean, had not even been on the ground twenty four hours. His battle buddy picked him up to the airport, said, "Hey, you know what? The battalion uh, commander and CSM, the three Ds: don't drink and drive, don't get into domestic, and and uh, don't do drugs." Yeah, yeah, I got it, got it, got it, got it. Well, I get a call that that night, uh, maybe ten or eleven o'clock at night, and uh, he had went to get some beer, had been drinking. Went left to center and had a head-on collision with a with a car and uh, killed. A, uh, I believe she was a woman in her 60s. She died in her mm. husband's arms. Mm. I was so freaking mad. And you know those YouTube moments and that. Thank God at the time that not everybody had a cell phone. I was so mad. I I every NCO in the battalion. Five o'clock in the morning, I think it was. I said I want a formation. Five o'clock in the morning. I want every damn NCO here. And and I. I lit into their ass and I just told them, I said, you, we are failing. We are failing. You know, we're, we're failing our soldiers. We're failing the community at large. You know, this is not what we do. And, you know, damn it, people, you got to figure this shit out. And, and I'm, mm-hmm. I was a lot more colorful oh, than yeah. that. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I, to, oh. colorful language. To, to this yeah. day, I mean, to this day, I still have soldiers that remind me about that. Sergeant Major, that was one of the one of the most impactful things we ever heard. Our, that. You know, yeah, and, and I'm just like, you know, I, and I think that kind of goes what you were asking me about is is that I've always taken it personal, and and I've always felt like you know I I've got to do better, and and a large part of it it, it wasn't for me, it was really for for my MOS, you know, for for the MP Corps, so. You know, I was like, man, I'm, I'm not representing Rich Woodring because I can get out at the end of the day. People are going to forget about me. They ain't going to care. But, you know, I want MPs to be held in this regard. I want them to be known for that. I want them to be, you know, this. And, I, and I've, I've got to open that door through my performance and other MPs have to do the same thing. And so that, that kind of was what, what did it for me. But I've always appreciated everything, every soldier I've had an interaction with, whether they were a great soldier or they were a terrible soldier. I've learned something from every single interaction. Um, you know, and it, it, you get a soldier that gets kicked out of the army. You can do one of two things. You can be like, you know what? 
piss off, get out the door. I'm glad to see you leave, everything else. Or you can bring them in and say, you know what? Um, the Army wasn't a good fit for you, you know, but, but you gave it a shot, and I'm proud of you because there's a, a million-plus people out there that aren't doing a damn thing for their country, and, right. and, and you tried. So there's the difference right there. That kid's going to get out. He's going to go back and talk to his friends, and they're going to say, hey, you know, I was thinking about joining the Army. What do you think? You know, if I'd have told him just, hey, piss off, get out of the door, he'd be like, eh, screw the Army. You know, fuck them. They're terrible. But this kid could go back and be like, you know what? You know what? Um, it wasn't for me, but but it might be for you. Yep. You know, and and so that's 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 kind of just the way I've I've always taken the approach is that you know I I want to be an example. Um, and there were times I wasn't a great example. Um, there, I mean, we all have those times in our in our career where we we've screwed up and. <laughs> And and you have to own that. Um, <laughs> Look at Al. You have to own it. So, so I, I probably I probably spent fifteen minutes on a one minute answer, but uh, no, 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 it's a perfect that, answer. That's exactly that was a perfect answer because I think it goes right into what we want to talk about now, right? Sure. Like if you really think about what you just said, you had a kid that got kicked out. You told mm -hmm. him what most people wouldn't. You know, like mm -hmm. there's a lot of other people that didn't do what you asked to like what you signed up yeah. and volunteered to do. So good for you for doing that. You'll find something. And I know that uh, one of the things that's important to you is talking about how we as veterans can help mm -hmm. increase that awareness and get people into service and, and do some of the things that we did before. So I would just be interested to hear your take on like uh, your thoughts about that um, and things that you think we can do to help make that better. Yeah, yeah if you, so if you could touch on like I like to hear what your thought, like Matt said, but a, a little deeper, like the retention issues, right? Because you mm -hmm. you were in a command position, right? So mm -hmm. maybe talk a little bit about how do you think we can help the retention piece, and then also like Matt was alluding to the recruiting piece and and bringing the the younger generation in to serve and and defend freedom and democracy around the globe. That's what we do, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's that. that was yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll start on the first thing of, of trying to get people in and, and get them engaged. And I, I think this is our responsibility as veterans is, uh, you know, I think when I got out, the, right after I got out, uh, the first um, Memorial Day or Veterans Day, it was Veterans Day, I, I, I posted a little thing on Facebook and, you know, I just said, hey, be proud of being a veteran, you know, this and that, wear your gear and everything else, ask for those freebies and that shit, you deserved it. Um, but I, I think the other thing that we have to think of is that us as veterans, you know, wear those shirts, wear those hats, um, engage people when they ask you about your time in the service and that. And, you know, there's there's a lot of folks out there that will give you the, the negative spin, you know, it, you know, hey, I, I served in Iraq or Afghanistan. Well, you're screwed up. You know, you've got PTSD. You're this, you're that. And, and, and there's so many stereotypes because people we've had a lot of people kind of paint that picture and I'm not saying everybody, uh, there, there's a lot of veterans out there that, that, you know, they, they don't talk about those experiences. They, they talk positive, but I mean, in, in, you know, my example, I mean, I, I really didn't have a future if it wasn't for the army. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, and this is what chaps my ass about politicians sometimes, you know, well, it's a wealth, it, it, the military is a welfare system, you know, they take the, the poor people and, and then they do this and do that. You know, I, I tell you what, some of the brightest damn people I've ever met in my entire life um, were in the military and, and they would be right. successful in any damn thing they did. Um, yeah. So I, I don't buy that excuse for a minute. Um, but, 
you know, I, I looked at it. I mean, I, I got to travel the world. I, I got my I got my bachelor's degree. Um, I paid my daughter graduated uh, um, graduated debt free and everything from that. Those are the positives that you need to talk to these these kids about and say, hey, look, even try it for just three or four years. You know, just give it a shot. If you don't like it, you can always get out. I mean, that's what I was going to do. I joined. I'm like, hey, I'm getting out. You know, I'm I'm just going to do this in the beginning till I find something else I want to do. I wanted to be a highway patrolman, um, but. <laughs> You, you, you do that and you've got to talk about the positives. I mean, and, and you look at it at these, these times now, I mean, medical costs, um, you know, the dental and stuff like that. I mean, my kids have braces. I mean, they must've got their teeth from somebody else, not me, but um, somewhere in, somebody in Kentucky probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, they, all of those things, those little costs that, that add up and stuff like that. And then, you know, you think about the opportunity to get a chance to see the world. I was never going to get to see the world. I remember kids in school talking about, you know, Hey, we, my family and I, we went to Europe over there. I'm like, I'm never, never going to get to see that. Well, shit. I lived seven years in Germany. I've lived a year outside of Istanbul. I lived in Seoul. I mean, it just, it, it was just, you know, those are the, those, the intangibles that they think, are there times they're going to suck? Absolutely. But you know what? I, I, I challenge almost anybody in the world to tell me that you got a job that you love to go to every single day and there's nothing that, that, that there's no problems ever because I'm going to call suck. bullshit. Embrace yeah, the I, suck. I'm, if it's raining, I'm, we're training. That's how we yeah, go. Yeah, I'm going to flat out say bullshit on that because there's nobody yeah. has a, a, a job that perfect. Um, well, I, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, I know that uh, on that topic, right, when you talk to kids that are going to join the service and you're talking mm -hmm. to them about the things they're going to bring in, Obviously, mm -hmm. your recruiter was awesome and told you you're going to be a ranger, and you were sold, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, however, for the three Navy guys on here, we were all recruiters. That's what we did mm -hmm. and helped people get into the service. And, I mean, I remember being told as a young recruiter that I gave people too much information because I yeah. told them days were going to suck. I told them they were going to have a good time. I, I told them when you went to boot camp, two weeks after you get there, you're going to hope that you find me on a street corner and we're in a dark alley alone because it's going to suck when you get there because you're away from your family you're away from your friends. There's nobody there that you're going to you're going to know. But I told them the best thing that you can do is embrace that and understand that the people you're in that room with will now become that for you. And so you try to Absolutely. help them the best that you can. But I mean, you know, the, I think the problem nowadays is like the the speed by which all the news and everything that we see gets to social media and it jumps onto all of the channels and you can see everything that's going on. And we already know that bad news is the best news because that makes the most money. And, and nowadays people don't form opinions based off of what they read or understand. They form opinions off of the group that they're in or the people that they run with, or this, this group of people I know thinks this way. So I got to feel that way. So I do like what you said about wear your hats and wear your shirts, walk yeah. around, talk about it. Yeah. It's one of those other pushes, jump into the VFW, yeah. get into the American Legion, yeah. Yeah. be a part of these organizations that go in the community and help. Because at the end of the day, if we don't change something, we're, we're the world's greatest country for a reason, right? Because yeah. of who we are, what we do and the brave men and women that, that make that volunteer, not just for the military, but overall that can protect our country and community. And if we don't continue that tradition, it's going to be a problem. And so I, I like how you said, just get out there and just be a part of it. Talk to people. Well, and it's, I mean, you're absolutely right. And it's, it's that part of just engaging people. And so like when I see older veterans, Vietnam veterans and stuff like that, I, I always go up 
Hey, thank you for your service. What unit were you in? You know, things like that. And, you know, those are, those are just, and you'd be surprised at times I've done this and I'll do it at Walmart or I'll do something like that. And you'll see some young kid walk by and they'll kind of just be looking at you and they're, they're, they're like, Hey, what, you know, what's he talking about? What's he doing? And, and, and that, and those are the things you, you get that little tiny spark in them. And then they're like, you know what? Hey, maybe, maybe I need to check this out. Maybe yeah. it's, it's not that bad, but it's, and, and Lonnie said it better. Even the, even the times that sucked yep. were the best times you probably ever had. Those you know? were the, oh, those yeah. were, those yeah, were I, the, I remember being, be, I remember being in, in, in Korea and it was just pouring down freaking monsoon rain. And we're trying to set this damn GP small up. And yeah. I'm just, I'm just out there and it is just, and finally, I'm just like, you know, I have all these katusas around me and everything. And I'm like, I look up and I'm just, I'm pointing, I'm like, is that the best you've got? Is this all you can do? And I mean, my katusas are freaking out. They're like, oh my God, you know, we're all going to get hit by a bolt of lightning and stuff like that. And they're like, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to put this fucking small up if it takes us all night. And we finally get it up. And then I look back and we were all sitting there at the end of the night, we're sitting there and saying, and we are laughing our ass off about getting that tent up. Yeah. I mean, it's just. It's still like one of the worst experiences I ever had, but it's still one of the funniest damn things right. that ever happened to me. Um, trying to put up uh, the the camo netting. Um, I swear to God, the army put buttons on your uniform so you get hung up like That's a tuna the only in the nets. <laughs> I mean, it's just it, it was ridiculous. I mean, well, every, I mean, every fetch you go on, every combat arms exercise you go on. Yeah. That's the worst times ever, but it's some of the best. Yeah, it's funny yeah. what Matt had said earlier, and you mentioned you mentioned too, Rich, but. I had my recruiter, I'll never forget because I was the same way. Like, man, my dad served, everybody served in my family. My little brother's logged in right now. My little brother was in the army. Um, shout out to my little brother Brett. He's on here watching us. But uh, I'll tell you what, he told me, and it, it, it's it's rank. It's, it's, yeah, it's true to this day. And, and I Ty Cobb proved it recently, right? But I was told like the military is the only place that you go and you meet somebody on a Monday. Like I just yeah. met you Monday. And on Saturday, we're best friends. You're Absolutely. at my barbecue. You're playing with my kids. And it is true. I mean, I, I, Ty Cobb, he, like I said, he mentioned, I mean, he, he let me stay at his house and he treated me like he's known me forever. And we bonded, but that's the only place, this is the only thing and only job in the world, in, a, a period, that that's what happens. Like you meet somebody and they are your brother, your sister for life. I mean, it's- And every single one of us has a friend in every 50 states that we can call market. on in an emergency and be like, hey, I'm true. right there. Yep. Right. Yep. 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 I mean, there, the there's military, no other, IBM doesn't do that shit. No. Uh, Google doesn't <laughs> do that shit. The United no, States not, military does that they shit. Don't. I, I would say that the military is the place where- Truly, you learn it's okay to fail because you can succeed. Yeah, because absolutely. nothing that we ever did, like you would watch, like when I was in the, like when we got to that 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 senior enlisted level, you could see someone going to do something, and you're like, they're not going to get that right. But mm. you're like, it's not that bad, so we're going to let them mess it up because it gave me the opportunity to show them I'm going to let you try it. Right? Yep. I've been telling you the right way to do it. You tried it. It didn't work. Are you ready to listen now? And sometimes it takes that person being stubborn to listen. And I learned the most in the military that like, it's okay to, to fail. Like it's okay. Yeah. Well, like you're not going to. Yeah. But even from the veteran side of it, we're, we're, we're a breed of, of individuals and in it's in just, it's crazy that you could, like you just said, I can meet a veteran tomorrow and I'll stop what I'm doing or they would stop what they're doing to help me or to, or to guide me or to give me some leadership. Even, even at this stage in my life, right. That 
they would stop just like you. I mean, you would stop and give me civilians ain't going to do that. They don't give a shit yeah. about, you know, what you're going through, right? They're too busy worried about TikTok and all this other stuff, but we <laughs> stop and we take care of each other. It's, and I, yeah. I had somebody tell me one time that I, I took the easy way out. I think it was somebody in my family was like, you took the easy way out. Like, I don't remember you being down ranch, chicken indoors, getting your ass blown off. Like you were sitting at home watching whatever, right? It's crazy. We're, it's just a different community. And that's really yeah. probably the best way to describe us is we're a community. It's, it's, it's a family, a community. It's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, the, the, the biggest challenge with the United States now is that, you know, the majority of our kids aren't physically fit enough to serve. Right. Um, and I, I think, I, I hate to say it. I mean, I, I think we're going to have to lower our initial standards to get them into the system. I like the pilot the Army's doing where, hey, they're not quite ready. We're going to take them. We're going to give them some extra time. And then we're going to get them, get them into the pipeline. And that I, I think we're going to have to do that. But I, there's also going to be half the way we're going to have to try to incentivize um, getting people in and maybe maybe shorter contracts if we could get some corporations to to jump in, you know, for example, like Google or something like, hey, we're putting in, in these fields, we're going to train you, you're going to do four years in the army, and then you're a pipeline into Google, yep. or, or something like that. Um, I, I think that would help. Because I think if we can tie industry or military to industry, or, or something like that, that helps retention, I think it helps getting people to join. Um, because a lot of kids initially may be like, no, I can't afford college. I can't do this. Well, guess what? You, you can get it in the army and then you can go into that system and, and you're going to be guaranteed because maybe Google is one that's, that's going to provide part of the training or something like that. Um, and then, you know, as far as, as retention in the, in the service right now, at least for the army, uh, we seem to be doing a little bit better. Um, retention is not so much a problem. It's getting, getting new recruits. Um, and, you know, so the Army, on average, in a perfect time, you're looking at about 100,000 recruits a year. That's what, that's what they want because you're, you're replacing what you're losing. Yep. Um, and, you know, so people always talk about this, like, you know, well, why do we have to always train on sexual assault? Why do we have to train on EO and that? Because you're, you're basically rebooting a, a tenth of your force or not, I mean, I'm sorry, two thirds of your force every, every couple of years. Right. You know, that's why you got to do it. You, you, and so I think for the retention in, in the, in the service for those, those soldiers that are, are soldier, sailor, airmen, Marine and guardians, uh, and coasties, you've, you've got to incentivize, Hey, you know what? You've already shown us, you've met the gates, you've done this, you, you've done well. We're, we're not going to make you have to do some of this redundant training stuff anymore because you've shown that, that you're, you're through this, that you're at a higher level, you're, you're ready to do this. I think the other thing too, though, is, is we've got to be a little more open-minded and saying, hey, let's you know, not be so damn rigid about, I want to change my MOS to that. Well, you can't. Because you're 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 an MP and you can't go to anything else. You can't do anything else. We're we're digging. why why you know I mean why why can't they if they've been successful in that and there's an opening and, it, and it's gonna why can't we move them I mean it's just we're well, so damn rigid and so hard against things like that sometimes I I think that the military's answer to a lot of things though if you look at at how they move things is they feel like the senior enlisted guys are the ones that they can put those measures to those rules to and those expectations to and keep yeah. them 
And yeah. and a lot of times they're not worried about the junior enlisted part of it, right? But what they don't realize is that junior enlisted is the future. Like mm -hmm. I heard about in the Navy now, like there's Master Chiefs, E9s, that get selected. And now in order to put that rank on, you have to take orders. Like you got to give the Navy three more years to get promoted. Mm. Like that's, it's ridiculous that we have to do yeah. that, that somebody works a career to get there. And then you're trying to hold them in the, in, in a sense, hostage to stay. What they should do is invest that time to train these young people. But the problem is a lot of the young people that we have today, again, they're still part of that microcosm. They're so divided from things that they hear and see. Like it's, it's, it, it, it kind of sucks that nobody makes a determination anymore based off what they've researched or they've read or they've read or they've heard, you know, it's all about yeah. my friend thinks this, this is where I'm at my, you know, and, and sometimes it could be parents or sometimes it could be teachers. It could be whatever. It doesn't matter. People will form their opinions based off of what they hear. And then when you have real conversations with those people and you challenge them on that view, they've got nothing to tell you. And then they kind of realize, but they all resort to you don't understand. And it's like, well, I, I'm trying to. I want you to explain to me why that is. And there's such a challenge in that communication gap that I still talk to. I'm sure we all talk to a lot of guys that are still in at higher levels. Yep. And they say that it's it's the hardest thing in the military right now to lead because there's so much scrutiny on the leadership, right? You've got to conform to this and you've got to be sensitive to that. And you have to understand all these different things and like i get it military is a microcosm of society but at the same time the military is what keeps the country safe so we got to go do these things we've trained you to do them like there's the path like it leads straight down the road we don't go left or right of that we go down that path and there's a lot of guys that are afraid to hold people accountable because they're afraid it's going to be outside of the path even though they're doing it within the guidelines and until we can fix how we allow leaders to lead and encourage kids to come in for things other than what they see on TV. It's going to be a struggle. I mean, I remember when we were growing up, you can get a college education in the military. Uh, you come in and you get medical insurance in the military. You come in and you get, you know, vacation in the military. You come in and you get to travel the world, all the things that you just mentioned. Yeah. But Rich guess. also, he also nailed it too. And like he said, like for, like in the service, right? Because the I mean, I'm sure Scott may be able to talk about it. You, I know you can, Matt, right? I came in the Navy as a combat engineer. I came in as a CB, right? I came in. It was a, was a, a a Navy combat engineer, and then I w was lucky enough to get selected to go into the special operations side of it and do long range reconnaissance through that through my program. And then towards the back end of my career, I was able to to go into the career recruiting world. But I'm like what Rich was talking about and giving people the opportunity to change an MOS or to find what your niche is. Cause I don't think I would have stayed in for 22 years had I not had the opportunity to do different things because I love being, being a, a recon operator with, with my team. I love that part of the job, but it was so, I mean, I was back then I was, I was deploying six and six and then 10 and six and I was gone so much. I mean, I spent almost two years straight in Iraq, you know, my first tours, right. And having the ability to, to take that strain off my family and have somebody say, hey, I think you're good at that. You're you're phenomenal at that. However, you're really good at recruiting, too. Have you thought about doing this right? To, and I did that. 
And, as, you know, I did, I, you know, for my first 12 years or so, I, I, I wasn't. And then I went recruiting on my back end of my tour. And it, it, it saved a whole lot because I never missed a birthday again after that. I never missed an anniversary. Right. I was able to coach my kids, but it gave me the ability to continue to serve, but do something different. And I think if if leaders would would not press on their people to say, hey, stay in this and keep doing this and just figure it out and say, hey, where is your niche? What do you love to do? What, how can we keep you in the Army or the Marine Corps or the Navy? How can we keep air? Well, I'll talk about the Air Force. Yeah, them too. Right. How do we <laughs> how do we keep you? in this service, right. And, and make it beneficial to us, to the service itself. Right. Cause that's what mission first, right. Mission always. Right. But people first, it should be right. So how do we yeah. make it where you care about the, you know, the country gets what they need and the service gets what they need, but that person gets what they need too, right. They're fed and, and they're motivated to stay, like give people opportunities to branch out and try something new. Because like, like you said, what if you would have went rich? What if you would have went the ranger route and you absolutely hated it, which I don't think mm -hmm. you're, you're not built that way. You would have crushed that shit too. Right. I don't think there's anything you couldn't do that you wouldn't have crushed, but what if that wasn't your niche, right? Yeah. Somebody should give you the opportunity to do something different that you can still be a service, a service to your country and you can still be a leader to your people, but do something different outside of the norm. Scott was on, was in the Navy. He was on ships and he did a bunch of deployments. Matt was the same way. He was a CB and he did Korea and some stuff and then had the ability to change and do something totally different that probably kept most of us in the military. Cause I probably would have punched out after, you know, after my last tour, I mean, I'd have been done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I tell you what, if I, if I was King for a day, um, every single American would have to be in the service. Um, I agree. They would, they would do, I I'd have one <laughs> of two things. You're either going to serve in the military or going to do uh, community service. Uh, you, you figure it out. Um, there's different paths. And I mean, that could be a whole nother show of how we could solve the world's problems on that. But I, I think that, you know, it's just like Starship Troopers. Citizenship has a price, you know, you're, you're going to serve. Um, you're going to you're going to do this. And there would be no waivers. There would be no, hey, I'm rich. I'm going to pay my way out. Of it. No, you're not. You're going to serve um, just the way it's going to be. Um, that's that's one thing I would do. Um, I think the other thing is, too, is that I think we look at the education system in the military, at least our leadership training in that, uh, completely wrong. Uh, I, I'm an E9. I'm going to the Sergeant's Major Academy for nine months, and you're going to give me blocks of instruction on counseling and leadership and crap like that. Are you kidding me? Um, and I know a lot of that's filler, you know, to try to give us a break and stuff like that. But why aren't we training our sergeants, our buck sergeants, that stuff? letting them get all of that knowledge and then working up. And as, as you get more senior, it's a, re, it's a, it's a freaking refresher. It's not doing all of this. We're not investing yeah. the time into those, those folks because they know it. I mean, and they feel it too. It's like, you know, I'm just getting the hand wave on this thing. So they're, they're not going to be invested in wanting to stay. Um, you know, they're going to, they're going to try to find those things. So I, I think those are a couple of things that we've got to do is we've got to change our training focus and our leadership training. We've got to start younger and, uh, and it's got to be more intense. It's got to be meaningful. And then the other thing is too, is if you're in the military, I think every single kid, every single man, woman, uh, service member that, that they should have guaranteed at least two hours a day that they can dedicate to college or, or to a trade school or something like that. And, and that kind of gets at your retention thing of now, Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to add this to your day. You know, you want to do it, you do it on your time. No, we're invested in you. We're give you this time to take this class and you're, and, and everybody's going to do it. 
Um, you know, th those are a few ideas of, of things that I think that, that would help. Um, yeah. You know, they'll, they'll say I, it costs money yeah. and everything else. The shit we waste money on is unbelievable. Well, I mean, it would cost money, but you could even take your senior enlisted guys that you're making go to filler training, teach those bus sergeants and those first class petty officers and those sergeants in the Marine Corps and the airmen. And like, you could take those seasoned leaders and have them train on the things they've done in their career. Because let's be honest, when you went to the academy and you went through the counseling section, did you really learn something? No. I even I mean, told him. I, I, I flat told him. I said, listen, I'm not going to change my ways. I, I've, well, I've been doing Rich, this for 20 years, and I'm not doing you it. You could have taught Well, Rich, that got, that got yeah. me in trouble, Rich. That's why I retired two yeah. years before I supposed to. But, I said the same thing. That's another good point. You did not like right? it. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's the point is we're, we're always so worried about what other people are going to think. Like, I, we got to get back to the military and service that is like, you're here to serve your country. Yeah. So it's it, this is what we're going to do. We've trained you to do that. I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast a lot of times. The military trains us very, very well how to do our job. Yeah. We could do better at teaching people how to get out, but we could also do better at teaching people how to stay. And staying means that like, it's like any job you do, like being in the civilian world right now, there's a lot of people that I talk to in the job that I work that I'm asking them, why are you looking for something new? And they're like, the company I'm in right now is not offering me any opportunity to excel or advance or, 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 or do better things. I have no ability to further my career where I'm at. I want to leave. And, and us not training those young guys and not putting effort into the younger guys from them is the same thing. They're leaving because they don't see upward mobility, right? I saw yeah. a comment in here before that the promotion system's crazy. I mean, we all feel like that, but then each service does it different, right? Like in the Navy, mm -hmm. you have to take a test in order to earn your rank from four to six. Yeah. And if you don't pass the test, that's on you. The test is on your job. I've and seen we so many. And we give yeah. you, we, like you just said, the Navy, they give yeah. you, we would give our people, I think it was an hour a week or whatever it was, to not do their job and to study for their advancement exam. No, it was, it was more than that, right? Was, was it a, like, like it was an like, hour a day? We'd give them an hour a day yeah. to study advancement and they would for still sure. bomb the test. Like, what, what are you doing with that but hour then, I just gave you? Yeah. But then the other thing I would always come down to, and, and I took it personally too, and I, and I felt like I could have done a better job when I was in as a leader, right? Is if I've got people failing a test that are in my rating that are doing their job or they're in an MOS or a rating in the military that's not here, what can we do better in order to train them? And, and when we were in the Navy anyway, we could send people back to a unit for a week to go into a skiff, to go onto the ship, to go onto the submarine. And you could get back into your job and kind of get refamiliarized with the things you did and the things that have changed. But that program was there. Yeah. But did we really use it the way we should have? We didn't. Because there was first. a lot of people. Mission yeah, there's a lot of mission people first. that are like, we can't let everybody go. Okay, well then let the nuke engineers and the top secret guys go because they definitely can't study all their stuff. Yeah, but we need them. We need them. And it's like, we get it, but you have to invest in people in order to make them great. And and we do that uh, in boot camp because we all learned you got to be there on time. You have to wear the right uniform. You said it earlier, wear the right uniform, do the right thing, don't get in trouble. So we've we learned how to do all that. And the people that just learned if I'm at the right place at the right time and do my job, I'm good to go, did well. And then people that just couldn't conform and didn't want to get to that, they tried it. Wasn't for you, you moved on. 
but we're still at this point where we can't figure out how to make it right. You know, in the recruiting for the Navy anyway, we've tried to go civilian with it. They've tried to mm. create this thing where we're mirroring what civilian companies do to recruit people into the military. Newsflash, everybody. The military is not corporate America. It's just not. Like we're teaching people to defend the country and, and there's a different way to do that. And you can't like structure it the same way, you know? And yeah. and every my opinion, because I was in when we did the old ways of recruiting, as soon as they changed that model, we started to struggle because now there's no and and if it's changed, well, Matt, the I army apologize. tried it. The army tried it. The army did it. Yeah. And said it doesn't work, and they they, they brought civilian people. They in. abandoned ship, and then the navy's like, "Hey, that yeah. shit didn't work for the army. Let's do that." Like, wait a minute, you didn't take a note out of the army's playbook and say, mm, "Probably should abandon it." No, it's passed downfield. Like, let's not do that. Yeah, it yeah. just um, again, we're trying sec- to conform with society, and that's not gonna work. Like, you have to keep that tradition and value of what the military is there you know like the thing that i loved about being in the navy the most is the tradition that we have when you join the navy when you learn about the navy and then ultimately if you do a career and you retire that stuff is from the 1800s and we still honor that tradition but that's not something that you know unless you've invested in it right and you should be proud of that and it's just one of those things that until we can fix that part it's going to continue to go down this path i mean it's it I guess you could say it's scary, but again, we've, we were all said the people above us, Rich. I know the people that were above you are like, man, we are screwed when that wood ring dude's in charge. (laughs) We figured it out and I'm hoping we can do it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, but at the end of the day, sacrifice um, to people in the military and sacrifice to people in Texas instruments are two different things. Yeah. I mean, you know, we we truly know what sacrifice is going to entail. It's going to impact our families. It's it could possibly in, impact our lives. You know, a, a guy going into to Geico sacrifice doesn't mean the same thing. Oh, oh I'm going to have to sacrifice two hours uh, extra to work tomorrow. So. Oh my it, God! It, I got a 45 minute commute. I don't know if I can yeah. handle it. Shit! I had that in less than six miles in in DC, so I, I feel no sympathy. So Amber had a question. I, I know Ty started. Uh, I wanted to make sure that Rich had a chance. I, I think mm-hmm. the question was for was for you, Rich. I want to make sure you had, mm-hmm. I didn't want to skip you, Amber. Sorry, I just want to, want to let Rich have a chance to answer your question if if he can or if we can. On my 100% disability form, I'm seeing so many people getting med boarded before one contract 100% recycle brands. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I'll say two things. Um, and one of them's not popular. I actually got into a fight with a psychiatrist about this one time, uh, at, at, nice. uh, at Leonard Wood when we had the training, uh, for the military police school and that. And I said, listen, kids are getting the answers to the test. Um, they know what to say. They know how to do it. I said, you're, you're not, uh, I, I said, there's some Academy Awards that should be given out for some of this shit. Um, frankly, I, I think we're way too, way too liberal on it, um, you know, for the, for the PTSD and that. And I'm not saying that not, not everybody, but I, I've also said this before, too. If you had something pre-existing and you came in the Army and then all of a sudden it got triggered because you were in the Army, that's not the Army's fault. Nope. I, I'm sorry. It's just not. And, uh, you know, sad for you, but I'm not going to give you 100% for it. Um, we, we take in a lot of people in the service who had pre-existing conditions, and then they get out at 100% because they'll say, well, their time in the service just exasperated it. Okay, big, big deal. 
You know, I had a heart condition before I came into the army. If I had a heart attack, it wasn't the army's fault. It was my fault. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't have the answer for you, but I, I tell you what I suspect. And, and you know, the, the argument I have with the psychiatrist, she's like, it's not that easy. You don't understand the things we do. Oh, oh yeah. Um, that's why, that's why we have kids in the barracks talking to each other about their appointments and Hey, this is what you got to say. And this is how you do it and everything. I said, they're a hell of a lot smarter than you think they are. Um, so I, 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 that's a large part of it is, is they've got the answers to the test and, and they're bringing up, I know I've got to say this about trauma. I've got to say this about anger. I've got to say this and, and, and my anxiety. And if I get those three things in there, I'm at least getting this. And, and, and the whole fact that you hear it in a form absolutely means they're talking about a hundred percent. They're being coached. If you did coached. four years in the military and never deployed, didn't do anything, and you get hundred yeah. percent, it's a travesty. Because my my next door neighbor lives right next door door to me. He's a retired comm senior chief from Vietnam and did I think six tours in Vietnam, and he got ten percent. He's sitting next door at ten percent, hearing problems, back problems, fighting with Tricare for his wife's shoulder surgery, and he is getting ten percent. Where and I, you know, I've got I got a family member, not not you know, who did four years, was in the army, phenomenal. But some of the stuff that he got out with, he had knee problems when he came in, did his four years, got his eighty percent. It's crazy. My cousin cut his cut his cut a toe off in the army, right? Like doing something stupid. Like he was doing something stupid and lost a toe, and got a hundred percent. Like you, he was he wasn't at work. He was at home doing something stupid and lost a freaking toe. Big Army toe? Gave him, he got a, no, I think the he's like Dion, like the pinky toes. I, and it don't I, matter. I, yeah, I had a guy. I, I had one of the doctors flat tell me. He goes, how long have you been in the service? I said, 34 years. He goes, shit. He goes, you should be 100% for just being able to put up with it for 34 just years. Just being able to say those words. <laughs> means. And, and I was like, I said, hey, thanks. Uh, you, are you the guy signing the check? And, you know, he, <laughs> Just just went from there. But, but you know, I, I think it was uh, – and Cobb may remember that. We had a soldier that she had a – I think she was – she had a, a sexual assault issue or something in basic training or AIT or something like that. And, and it happened when she was in a Humvee. And so she got to the unit, and um, she couldn't wear a uniform. And I'm like, I'm like, What? And they're like, yeah, sorry, Major, she's she, from this thing. She ain't got a uniform. I said, how the hell is that possible? Um, and I said, how can she, one, how can she be in the Army? And how the hell can she be in a deployable unit and not wear a uniform? And they're like, oh, and she can't be in a Humvee. And I'm like, well, of course not. You know, uh, she can be in civilian clothes and fly in a helicopter, but she can't fucking do anything else. I'm like, no way. There is no way. Um, you know, I, I mean, those are some of just some of the nonsensical damn things that, that you look at and you're just like, are, are you serious? And, you know, it wound up, uh, soldier got separated hundred uh, percent right off the bat. And I'm just like, you know, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, what are we doing? You know, I mean, why you would send her to, to that organization in the first place. And, and legitimately she had an issue. I'm not making light of the situation that right. she had, but we did her a disservice by sending her to a, an organization like that. So a somebody combat, dropped a combat the damn operations ball. unit. Yeah. yeah. There's, there yeah. had to be something else that she yeah. would have been good at or that they could have helped her, helped yeah. her out. She could have went into the white house communication section for God's sake. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> just, it, it's just, it, it, it was just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> You know, and, and, and I learned something when you get in very senior levels, you know, you, you have this thing, it's, it's, uh, 
it's combat politics and then verbal judo. And, you know, I mean, it always, it's always one of those, I mean, it's people up there, it's, you're supposed to be strategic in that, but God, it is so political. And it just drove me up a freaking wall. And mm. I mean, Cobb knows I'm not political. Um, I, I, I just, I would beat my head against a fucking wall. Sometimes I just go in my That's office just... and, and, and close the door and I would just scream. And I'm just like, this is the stupidest damn thing I've ever heard in my life. And then I'd have to walk out there and be like, ah, da, da, da. and I'm just like, this is not me. And, and I, I just really, really struggled sometimes. Uh, and I, I saw, uh, uh, Colonel Lenz, I saw your comment. Uh, you, you're right. I mean, the promotion system right now, we, we you know, it, it, tox, toxicity still lives. Um, and we do have idiot leaders because a lot of them are, it, it's political. You, you've got to know the politics um, or you're not going to get ahead. And, you know, I, uh, it, it is frustrating. Um, I've seen a lot of really, really good leaders that couldn't make it to the top because they couldn't do politics. And I've seen a lot of very piss poor leaders who knew everything about politics and had no fucking business being anywhere near uh, soldiers, let alone shit, anybody. I mean, it was just, it was, it was, it was so frustrating. So I see um, Scott, 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 you keep bobbing your head. I see the smile come out a couple of times. Uh, you must got some you, uh, on your mind. Cause you, well, you, no, you, no. You've had a couple I, of moments where I'm like looking at your face. Like he's got something he needs to get I off his chest. Uh, I think. I saw the same thing and I was like, man, he's talking about being in the Pentagon. He's talking about walking around with politicians. He's talking yeah. about every single day he sat in a hot seat. Every day. Like it was always the hot seat. I'm ready. Time oh. to get it in. Oh, Here so we go. I, I'm, well, I'm going to say I'm ready, but that, that's probably <laughs> I'm yeah. imposter syndrome right now. I'm not ready. As long hey. as you say Michael Jordan, if that's one of your questions. Yeah, that's right. I give a damn about. Hey, and guys, I'll apologize right up front. I can talk for hours. Oh, so, no, no, uh, you're good. You're yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. I did want to say shout out to my man, Dusty Rudd, my bud that was on here. I saw him. I saw my I man. I saw him. And hey, I'm, I'm even ready for this because I saw Rudd go through this. So bring your best <laughs> shot. Right, man. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Well, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and give you these uh, high tizzle top 10. Give you 10. All right. And I'm going to. Because I, I don't see color or anything, we're going to go straight to it. You're in your car, riding on a long trip, and you got a list of five rap songs that you would play in your car. What are they? Oh, my gosh. Oh, five. yeah. Yeah, five of them. No uh, so I told you I was going to a Kiss concert, so hang on here. Um, uh, I would say uh, Stan with Eminem and Dido. Okay. Um, I would say... Uh, I like oh gosh darn what's the one with Run DMC? It's it's uh Run DMC walk this way. It's it's no, it's like that. Um gosh darn, what's what's it's tricky to it's tricky. Yeah, yeah, it's Ours tricky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um okay, Run so uh, that's two. That's mm -hmm. uh, I need three more. Oh, uh um fight the power. Fight the power, public enemy. I got you. Uh, yeah, okay. I like that. And then, gosh darn, I was just listening to it today. I'm terrible with names. I, I, okay. I know the lyrics. Give, give me the lyrics. Give me the lyrics. Um, I'll catch you. It's uh, um, brothers. Is, no, no, that's fight the power. Hold on, it'll come to me. I'm, I'm taking. Okay. I'm taking a long time on this. I'm sorry. Uh, 
let me skip to the next one then. Um, no, you good? I want you. To, I want you to fight through this one. Fight, fight. Rich, okay, fight. okay. Uh, it's uh, we got Eminem, Run DMC, Public Enemy. It's uh, gosh, dang it. Give me a little bit. Sing, sing what you know. Um, we can ain't gonna be no war no more. There ain't gonna be no war. Um, God, Flavor Flav. Okay. Uh, what's what's the name of the song? Uh, it's another Public Enemy song. It is. It is. It's it's one of my favorite ones. Um, and you know, I'm sitting here. I'm sounding like a fraud because I don't know the damn name of it. Um, so so I, I will come back to. It. I'll give it. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll, I'll I owe you that answer. You, you and then um, not. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. Um, I wouldn't on, say it's, it's so a, much of a. It's a Christmas party, right? The Christmas. Party I wouldn't say on. it's so much of a rap song, but I like okay. the Tom Tom Club Genius of Love. Now you got a genius of love. Give me a little bit of that. I'm, you lost me with that one. Come on, give me, um, give me, give me some. Da, 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 da. Um, what you gonna oh, do gonna, when you yeah, get out of jail? Yeah, I'm gonna have some fun. fun. Okay, okay, what okay, do you yeah. consider fun? Yeah. Fun, Matter of fact, I heard fun, it live. Yeah. Um, there's a live version that's even better than the recorded version. So I'm sorry, I like no, no, kind of screwed that one you up. You made up for it with that, you because I like the way you swagged it. You made up for it with that one. I'm, I, I give you credit for that one. All right, that was that was good. All right, here okay. we go. Biggest life lesson. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm bringing the heat today, baby. So the biggest life lesson for me was that, um, despite the circumstances, mm -hmm. and no matter how hard things are, that um, if you believe in yourself and and you invest in yourself, that you can get through things. Um, and, 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 you know, I just, there's been a lot of times, like I said, I had that imposter syndrome, but, but at the end of the day, I'm like, I can do this. Um, I know it's going to be hard. Um, maybe I'm not the top choice for this or, or I shouldn't be doing this, but by God, somebody saw it in me. So I got to live up to that. My man. Okay. What is your favorite exercise? Uh, my favorite exercise is the dead bug. Explain. Okay, so you lay on your back. Um, mm -hmm. You have your arms uh, straight up, and yep. your legs are bent at a ninety degree angle. Mm -hmm. One leg goes back, the other oh, leg wow. goes forward. You rotate it, do it. I do that after crunches. I can't even get up. Wow! So that's a that's an ab exercise. Yeah. All right, my yeah. six pack is on the way. Six pack is yeah. on the way. I, right. I love the dead bug because it's it's kind of easy, but when I do it after I've done crunches, I can't move. All right, I'm gonna put that into my into my repertoire. Yeah, you got to do bug. about fifty of them. Okay, what do you miss most about serving? Oh gosh. Oh yeah. The people, the people. I mean, just absolutely uh, every day to to go. No matter how shitty your day was or anything else uh, you know you could always go in and you always had somebody that would pick your day up okay you know? all right are you a top rat person or a bottom rat person i would say bottom um i just wasn't uh um yeah matter of fact i was bigger than my roommate so i made him use top rack all right <laughs> now we're getting into the real deal Okay. Half time. LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Oh God. Come on. Rick. I had a feeling this one was gonna come up. Oh yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna go with Michael Jordan. And and the reason I'll say Michael Jordan is that I grew up in that that period. But I've seen them both. I one, 
they they are definitely the the two best players I think that I've ever witnessed play the game. But I I just think with Michael Jordan, there's just that extra air of mental toughness that that I don't I don't think LeBron James def, de- necessarily needs it because I think skill wise he's a little bit better than okay. than Michael Jordan. So, but I think if you look at the tenacity level in that, I think that's where I would put Michael Jordan above him. Okay, so let me let me rephrase that and ask this in a question way. Okay. Which one would be a better service member, LeBron James or Ooh, Jordan? Jeez. Since you guys want to beat up on my man like this, <clears throat> just want to hear it. You're, you're um, the leader, and they tell you you're going to, you, you're on this special assignment. You're either going to get Michael Jordan to go with you or you're going to get LeBron James. It, it, it's going to be Michael Jordan. You're taking I, Mike I, with you? Yep. Oh, yep. Some, I'm taking him just on the on the pure leadership thing. He's 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 gonna he's gonna win it. He's he's going to win it. He's gonna will you to win it. Yeah, he's gonna win it because he's gonna gamble some stuff on it to get the win. <laughs> but no, we, we, well, I like Kobe Bryant too, and I haven't heard him come in today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Prince, Michael Jackson, Prince. I absolutely love so, Prince. So, so you're going to say? Are you going to say because he could play all these instruments too? No, I just think as a songwriter, he was phenomenal. I mean, I and I like Michael Jackson too, but I tell you what, I can, I can. There, there. I listen to Prince songs almost every damn day. It's on my playlist. I have a different Prince song. Okay, so what's your favorite Prince song? My favorite Prince song is. Um, Oh, I, God, you're, you, you're hard because you always yeah. put me on the spot with these things. Because, see, you got um, to shoot these things out so fast. But yeah, then, yeah. Like, I it's, love Prince. What's your favorite it, song? Um, um, Take Me With You. Take Me With You. Okay. And I he didn't touch care. little boys. We go. You don't know <laughs> don't that. Care. You don't know that. He <laughs> He played basketball in blouses and ate pancakes with the people he played basketball. I don't care, <laughs> pretty baby. Just take me with you. Okay. Uh, yeah, that whole All right. Was a All right, Rich. I'm going to change the temperature on you. All right. These last couple of questions. Okay. If you had the power to bring anybody back that you've lost, you only can bring back one. Who would be the one person you bring back to have a conversation with? And why? I've actually thought of this one before, George Washington. Okay. And mm-hmm. and my whole thing would be: Is this how you envisioned America? Is this is is the Constitution and everything else? Is this what you envisioned um, to survive this long under that that pretense? Mm-hmm. I'd like to hear what he would say. Wow, that was pretty dope. Yeah. Because I, I think he would be like, you're kidding me, you're doing what? Right. Still? <laughs> um, so I, I just – it, it would be him or or Thomas – somebody in those, but I think it would be George Washington. It would just be like, hey, you were the first president. Is this what you you would you think we should be doing now? Gotcha. Okay. Like I said, I'm turning up the heat. <laughs> <clears throat> what is your lowest moment, and how did you – Strap up and get through it. How'd you snap out of it? Um, so my lowest moment was probably when I lost my first soldier. Uh, when I lost a kid named Danny Daniels. Uh, was a, a gunner uh, in mm-hmm. a squad. Uh, really didn't have a mark on him. Just a tiny little bit of shrapnel in the back of his head that killed him. Uh, 
but I realized that during that moment that, you know, I, I had to be strong because I knew that, that the company was going to be suffering. Um, mm. And I knew from just other soldiers that had fallen and stuff in different units and that, that uh, we were in a combat zone. We had a mission and, you know, we were still going to have to go forward and we were going to have to continue on. We were going to get a day or so to get reset, but we were going to have to go right back outside those gates and do the same thing again. And I just, I knew I could not quit. I, I had to be an example um, and be like, yeah, this sucks. But you know what, guys? Uh, the enemy gets a boat. And we got to go back out and do our part. Wow. Rest in peace, Danny. That's that's yeah. powerful, man. Yeah. I appreciate oh, man, that. John. I appreciate that. All right. Last question. You out of the mm -hmm. hot seat. <laughs> when it's all said and done, you've done all you can do, and it's time to put you down for the last time. We're never going to be have the chance to see Rich again. What is the one thing that you want the world to know about you and that you want us to remember about you? Um, that I am eternally thankful for the men and women that I had the opportunity to serve with. And I won't say that I led or anything else that I got to serve with. Um, it has been an absolute honor to see, you know, just the greatest Americans that there is to, to go out and, and join the service, knowing that you could potentially give your life up for something for a country. And, and frankly, sometimes a lot of people that don't even, don't even care. Um, it's just been, that's been the greatest honor. I mean, you know, uh, obviously my family and stuff like that, but, but just being able to, to say that I was a soldier and I served my country with, with the best men and women there were. Oh, well, I'll tell you, you made it through the hot seat and I will tell you that everybody here, that everybody who's watching live, all the friends and people who are going to see this later, I know that they will agree uh, as far as what you would want them to know about you. I feel like they would agree that you still buy that. I appreciate you doing yeah. the, the hot seat with uh Big DJ Royalty, you did a good job. You did it with your hat on. Hey, uh, so I failed in the rap section, section, but I'll make it up someday. <laughs> Rich, I will tell you this. I, I, I'm almost sad after listening to you through this podcast. You're very obviously just so impressive. I, I'm almost sad that I never had the opportunity, the honor to ever yeah. serve, you know, with you or, you know, under your charge. You're 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 such a inspiration and just such a motivating leader. Even now, I don't know how long. When did you retire? What when was your actual? Uh, about two years ago. Uh, yeah, two years in November. Me too. So I it, it saddens me, right? Because I mean, leadership. You 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 are the epitome, and you exude that word. That well, word is, is just who you are. It's insane. I mean, I I served the Navy for 22 years, and there were some. I've served under some phenomenal leaders, but I tell you what, I've mm -hmm. never had the just the privilege of listening to somebody like you. I mean, it's, it's, in, it's, it's just, it's overwhelming. Like I, I sat here and I'm like, man, I just, I would have loved to just have served under you and even taken a couple of knife hands. And I, I would have took more than a couple. <laughs> just, I'm, 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 I'm honored and proud well, to, he's ready. to say, I know you I, now that I, I'm honored and, and, and proud to say that I I've met you and I know you and man, I, I wish you the best in whatever. I, I, I appreciate road. it. So impressive. So impressive. So I, I this is exactly it. why I'm going to, I'm going to say a few names here. 
So this is all people that were in the battalion and a lot of them were in the company um, when I got to the 101st. So Sergeant Major Woodring was a Sergeant First Class in charge of 1st Platoon. He had Brandon Hughes. He had Kevin Daly. Um, he had Sergeant Bailey. And then there was a female sergeant that I can't remember her last name, but she was freaking uh, awesome. Gabrielle. Yes. Graves. Yes. Yeah. Graves. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then the second, third, and fourth platoon. I mean, one of my best friends ever, Chris Barnes. Um, mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Rest uh, in peace. Frederick Darden, Robert Telfor, Bobby Parks, John Williamson. I mean, Chorus Bullock, Kevin Walsh, Michael Corvacero. I mean, these are all people that we served with. So I've told this part of the story about a million times is you guys were my leaders when I when I first came into the military as a PFC. And you said something earlier about, you know, jack of all trades and and all that kind of stuff. Well, I can tell you everything that I ever learned in the military was because of that very short time that we spent in the 101st. It was imperative. You knew everything that was going on in the company. So that's how I learned. So that's why when I became, you know, uh, a senior leader later on, that's why I made myself know every single S shop, every single company. I want to know people's buttons to push. I was known as being very abrasive, but in a good way. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate you're doing it for your troops. Exactly. Yeah. I appreciate the charge you gave me and the latitude I was given for the 15 plus years that we deployed together and, and I've told this story a hundred times. I don't know if I've ever actually said whose name it was, but it's it's you. I remember you told me, if you ever need a day off because of all the deployments, talking about <laughs> mental health a little bit, just show you a picture of my uniform. So I used to walk into, I think I did it one time. I walked <laughs> into your uniform, to your office and was like, hey, I, I need a day off. And, and, and you always had my back when my mother passed away. Um, Come on, brother. Yep. Be right here, here, man. This one with this. Yeah. You had my back when my mother passed away. You you helped me build a team that I wanted to build to go on this 15-month deployment that we were going to go on. And just the introduction to the leaders of Fort Campbell. I mean, you said I was everywhere. It was because of you that I was on General Petraeus's, you know. PSD team, because you were part of when we did that final get ready to go to Iraq, I got moved to the PMO office. And if it wouldn't have been for that, my career could have. Yeah. Gone a different way. Uh, you set your own path, Cobb. You, you yeah, didn't need but, me. You, but, you set your own path. I did need you, though. I needed all those leaders yeah. that were there in front of me to set my asthma straight so that I could uh, help all those people that came. Yeah. Hey, uh, DJ, I'll tell you, man, I'm sweating from that thing. I really, (laughs) (laughs) those questions, I'm still thinking about them damn rap songs. I'm going to all night be awake thinking about them. Yeah. We we can redeem you though, because we're going to go into the sports section now. And you were talking a lot of sports before we came on this thing. Yeah. I'm I'm good with that. Hey, real quick. I want to give a shout out to my boo. Marcia, Marcia got on. You see Marcia? Hey, my boot, my boo's on. Y'all give my boo a shout out. That's that's, that's my my future oh, wife. My boo's on. Just want to give her a shout out. Oh, 
All right, so I'll get right into it. So last week, uh, Tennessee beat Texas A&M 2013. Stanford uh, beat Colorado 46-43. Georgia took care of Vanderbilt. Missouri uh, beat Kentucky. Was not expecting that. And then FSU uh, took care of Syracuse. So this is where we look after, uh, after seven weeks. God, I hope you pick some better games this week since we're like not picking our teams. Because I got to get out of the dumpster. This is crazy. Hey, we, me, we may give hey, our major a uh, hey, chance to choose the buddy, game. Me and my battle buddy, bro, we leading the pack, bro. I'm with you, Ty. Hey, let's you do it. You guys play it safe every week, Yeah, dude. you play it safe. No risk. Play do we play it safe? You know that, homie. Are, are I make very valid choices. Ty, I get it. You're over there researching and analyticing and all Actually, that shit. Actually, I call Dusty. I call Dusty because his whole family, even though Dusty can't pick for shit, his family <laughs> does that for a living. So Dusty, I just reach out to Dusty, and whatever Dusty picks, I pick the opposite, and I'm doing yeah. good. Thank yeah, you, I Dusty. Yeah. <laughs> all right, here's what we're looking like when we uh, pick the Colorado schedule. We we all lost this game. This is it wasn't looking oh, good. So man. right now it looks like I'm out of the predictions. Uh, they've already won five games, so uh, I think Al's out. But uh, no. it looks like Scott no, they, they haven't. They haven't won five yet. I'm they're sorry, they're at four. That's right. I have four. Five. Yeah, if yeah. they win out, then Scott and Matt win. I have no chance of winning now. So anyway, I just need him to win two more games. That's it. Not gonna happen, Playboy. Shit. Who said? Who said ten and two? That was who said ten. That and was two? me. That was Matthew. No, I, no, said I think I was ten and two. Yeah, ten, Ty yeah. was ten and two. I said ten and two. I thought it was gonna be a I mean, okay. I me and Matt said nine good. and three. Yeah. Yeah. But Scott, well, you we know just what? need two more this games, bro. They should have won that game last week. That's just they being should've. honest. No, they I should have won. Close on the count. Horseshoes and hand grenades, bro. That's what I'm saying. They did not get beat. No, Scott, I should have been born tall and with more than than five inches of girth in my hands. I don't want to hear it, bro. Should have. They did not loot. They did not get beat by the other team. They they beat themselves as a team. That's they, true. They did not. It was not even as far as you know the the talent level. It was a matter of the other team kept their head in the game. You know what I mean? And it's, it goes back to kind of like what we're talking about when you talk about military, right? When you put a person in the box with one way out, you find out what you got. At that point in time, they were in a box with nowhere to go but up. They were either going to lay down or fight. The same thing Colorado did when they played. Um, TCU. Uh, yep. They they got in the box and they fought their way out. So that's yeah. that's what happened. But they had it. They just lost it. Hey, so real quick, what game are we picking instead of the Georgia game? I don't see anything I, I, written I, in there. I remember I said was it, I said I, I I posted something, but nobody gives a shit. We should what pick I the Navy game, <laughs> Navy Air Force. That's the Air one we're Force picking. Because that's an easy pick. Air Force is going to whoop that ass. Are you sure? That's oh, a bro. that's a service academy game. It don't mean nothing, boy. Okay. <laughs> I, I said you're right. The only one that matters is in December. I said, I said Utah USC. Right. Utah so, USC. Yeah. Okay. They, that was the last year's. Like Utah pack. USC. Where's who that game Ala- being played? Who does Alabama play? Who cares? Tennessee. That's a that'd be a good game. <laughs> I, I said won. to pick that one too. Nobody likes my picks. I, I, I don't know why we went LSU Army. I didn't pick that one. But Ty, I appreciate you for thinking of both the home state and uh, your. Well, there service. was some logic. I think LSU is who either Army or LSU is who Texas A&M play next. Uh, UCLA or Stanford is who Colorado plays next. And then uh, I picked the Ohio State game because. 
who Kentucky plays next is also on a bye. So that, that's a hard I pick game, some games that's, randomly. That's, so yours, but yours is tough, bro. That Ohio State Penn State game. Yeah, right? well, it's just so, the highest ranked so game. So is the find, USC so. game. That one's going to be hard to pick too. Thank you. Yeah, well, so what, what are we played. doing for Georgia and and you, uh, I want Utah and USC just because last year that was Utah the USC championship and they where USC was supposed to, I don't know let me look hold on go ahead yeah yeah where's that game being played all right I'll hey, go ahead and do my picks first everybody right. pick against Penn State Dusty pick so, Penn State so I need to see because <laughs> looking look on this screen looking on this screen I don't know who it is that I'm what am I doing right now I'm confused. So, Versus Army, who do you got? They're, okay, they're, you, they're at USC. Sorry, it's the green, so we're going through the green riding, right? Correct. But, but Georgia, what are we doing in Georgia? I don't that see one's going to be USC and USC, Utah, and they're playing at USC. Yeah, Utah, USC. Okay, I'll they're pick both, first. They're both Scott. ranked twelve. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right, all right. So UCLA and Stanford. I got uh, Stanford. Is that the top one? LSU and Army. I got. You know he's coming to the Army last. All right, so you got LSU, uh, USC Army. and Utah. I got USC, Ohio State and Penn State. I got Ohio State, and then uh, FSU and Duke. I got FSU. Okay, so one, two, three, four. Al, your turn since your battle buddy and you are in the top of the uh, the rankings. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So I'm going uh, LSU. I'm going UCLA. I'm going, oh, man, I'm going to skip the Georgia one because I got to come back to it. Uh, I'm going, uh, <laughs> I'm going. Um, Remember, Dusty Ohio. picked Penn State. I'm, go- I'm definitely going Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going FSU. And then coming back to USC and uh, Utah, I'm going to, who'd you pick, Ty? No, 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 no. Don't matter. You're on your own, own. Yeah, homie. You're, you're on your own, your own decision. See, that's how he rolls, bro. Oh, that's, 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 that, that's how we, how we roll well, first. Hey, that's hey who, Ty. That's who hey, Ty. That's can you can I jump there. on you? You picked all the yeah. games I picked. Can okay, I run so, on your back, Ty? So I'm going to go with um, UCL. I'm uh, sorry, uh, USC. Um, huh? Okay. I didn't USC. pick USC. I know you didn't, but I I, th- I don't think I don't think they have a repeat of last year, bro. I don't see it happening. All right, go ahead, uh, Matt or Scott. I mean, I'm dead last, Scott. You might as well let me go last, buddy. You sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? I can't get any any further down the well. <laughs> oh, you all fucking right. can. You probably will this week, but it's all good, brother. God bless America. Hey, I'm one week, Scott. one week, I could turn it around, dude. Oh yeah, it's like I'm the lottery. UCLA over Stanford. I'm going to take LSU over the Army. I'm going to take – dang. Man, I'm, I'm I'm on my whole left side again. I'm going USC over Utah, Ohio over Penn State, and FSU over Duke. Okay. Gotcha. I, have, I have a couple questions. <laughs> Where is the Ohio State and Penn State game being played? Ohio State. Ohio State's at Ohio State. Don't you see Damn. that little green H? They're in the horseshoe, baby. <laughs> No, I can't see any of that green shit. I, 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 I do I do this while I'm in other meetings. That's Yo, why it's so messy. I ain't if got the time VA, to if anybody talk. from the VA is watching, Matt Johnson's <laughs> eyes are bad. Can we bump his rating up a little bit? <laughs> Please. Anyway, so we're going to go LSU. They're going to win. Okay. I'm going to take Stanford because I think they're going to build off what they did. UCLA is just like USC. They're going to take a, a game off, and I hope it's this one. I'm praying anyway. 
They've already uh, lost two. They've already taken two off this season. Yeah, but they're not going to take any more off, dude. Uh, and then uh, for the USC-Utah game, I'm taking Utah, I'm taking Ohio State, and I'm taking Florida State. Okay. Hey, Becky said, by the way, keep preaching, Al. What else do you want to give me for my disability rating? What else? I got you, Becky. I'm going to take care of him. I got him. <laughs> you see his ugly right, sorry, major. He got some I need, you are up I need now. some buddy letters. You're up now. Okay. Um, I'm going to take LSU because uh, this is why we can't get recruiting in the Army because we're going to get our ass pummeled <laughs> by them. Um, I'm going to take UCLA. And I'm going to take USC because Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams has to has to do better now that he's going to say that uh, he wants teams to yep. let him have ownership. So and he lost he, he to, lost to Notre Dame, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ohio State, and I'm going to take uh, FSU. Oh, man. So I feel confident because. Command Sergeant Major picked what I picked, so I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. No matter what happens. I hope I don't my, jinx you. My, so fit rep, my fit rep's on point. So, Al, <laughs> you, got, you got UCLA? You yeah. got you got LSU? Yeah. We picked the same. Me, you on the same page, bro. Okay. All right. Not me. Fuck that, dude. Yeah, nobody's I gotta, picking I got to do something to come back. Bro, no Listen. one's picking with you. Yeah, but I'm at the bottom. So the numbers only to, thing I can do is pick you have to, than you y'all have to, and man, hope that I to. come back up. Right. So I'm either going to stay last lie. or I'm going to move up. Numbers you got to take lie. a chance. Numbers don't lie, bitches do, bro. I'm Al, 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 Al. They let you join the military. Somebody took a chance on you. That's all I'm saying. Numbers don't lie, bitches do. They tell you that it, it feels good. They love you. They Bitches lie. Only the tip, all that game. You are going to lose again. I, I almost. I can't wait to the college basketball picks. Mic in time. Right. <laughs> basketball. Uh, I almost muted his mic in time. <laughs> almost. I almost. haven't said one f word this whole co- podcast. Yeah, FYI. you made up for it in another place. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to tell you, you did a good oh. job. Oh, hey, shout Our out man. to Grant Garrison, the yeah. two-time, two-time golf two-time. champion. Of yeah, the, got your six. Sergeant Major benefit. dropped three f bombs this podcast. I counted. I didn't drop one, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, hey, so sorry, Major. I got a quick question for you. What is your sure. favorite ass chewing you ever gave? Who? Oh gosh, man, that's that'd be oh, like a that's top a good 10. one, right? <laughs> um, so there is no favorite. I'm going to tell you the one. favorite ass chewing Damn. I ever received. Damn, um, I, I would probably say that. Uh, it was a it was a sergeant first class in um, Hawaii who got accepted for a job at the Pentagon, and he thought that he was too good to take this job in the Pentagon. And um, when I told him that he was going to go to the Pentagon, he told me, "Well, I'll just get out." And I about fucking lost my gourd. And I don't know what it was. I mean, it just is his whole attitude, the way he came in there. Um, I, uh, I lit him up so damn bad that the S3 section heard me. And they were like 30, 40 feet down the hall. And uh, my commander, um, he actually left. <laughs> He said he, he went in and told, uh, I think he went in and told the XO, he's like, uh, you heard Sergeant Major? He's like, yes, sir. And he goes, I'm leaving. And, uh, <laughs> and he's like, uh, 
and he sits there and he goes, he's scaring me. He's like, he's scaring me too, sir. Um, that, that was probably the one. I mean, it, yeah, it was almost, it was almost one of these that turned into one of these. Yeah. Um, that was, that was probably the, the word it was, it was bad. And, and, and I, I will admit after, after it was done, I felt bad about it. I was mm. like, man, I, I, I probably crossed the line, but that guy was just so damn arrogant and so pompous that I just wanted to snap his fucking neck. I, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no, no, but listen, I would say props to the EXO that was like, I'm out. Right. Let the command sergeant major do his thing. <laughs> I'm gone. I don't want to hear nothing. Y'all yeah. should leave too. Props yeah. to that dude. He let it yeah. go. Yeah. Well, have you like, ever I'm given, scared. I am too. Have you ever given <laughs> yeah. somebody an ass chewing that didn't deserve it? Have you oh, ever yeah. given an ass chewing that you wish you could took back? Those are my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a kid in a board on a promotion board one time. And and uh again, he came in a little cocky and stuff like that. And I said, Hey man, let me let me tell you something. I said, You do not need to be in the army. I said, You're you're I said, you're, you're wasting my time. I said, you're, you're arrogant. And you think that this is just going to be given to you. And I said, you're, you don't have a future in the army. If you're going to act like this, this kid hunted me down like five years later when I was a regimental sergeant major. And he goes, uh, Hey, sergeant major he goes, you probably don't remember that you sat on my board and you told me that I was worthless and that I wasn't going to have a future in the army and this and that and the other. And I said, okay, I don't remember you. I said that. Welcome. Yeah. Well, and I, I told him, I said, I said that to quite a few people, probably. And, uh, and, and he sits there and he goes, and, and I said, and so what happened? And he goes, well, I got pissed off. He goes, I took it personally. He goes, I, I just, you know, I was out to prove you wrong. I said, congratulations. You proved me wrong. You're you know, I said, uh, Sergeant Major, what is this about? Lonnie keeps mentioning this. And I want to know what who this person was. Because he's mentioned the EA with orange hair a couple of times. So I want to figure out what Lonnie's talking about. I'm afraid that I don't remember this. Um, Now, I knew a E9 um, with orange hair, but you may have to give me a little more info there, Lonnie. I'm I'm not tracking this one as well as I probably should. Lonnie, name drop that punk. (laughs) (laughs) I think I seen somewhere where he said said it was a female because he said uh, E9. Oh, don't name drop! Don't name drop! You'll get canceled. You'll get a yeah, canceled, bro. I, I, don't I, name drop. I believe I know who he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but this would have been. I, if, oh boy, gosh darn! There was another he said, one. He in said this. Korea. Somebody in Korea. Don't name drop. It's a female, bro. I don't want to get canceled. Don't do that shit, bro. We'll have the Me Too movement, the YouTube movement, the All Too movement. We'd be in trouble, bro. Don't do it. <laughs> I, I'm thinking it's one that. Okay, Korea would have been the one that replaced me in Hawaii in the 8th MP Brigade. <laughs> I think that's who it was. Um, yeah, yeah, she was. She was a piece of work. Special. Um, and uh, yeah, yep, that's who it was. <laughs> uh, hey, Lonnie, yeah. you're pretty good, bro. Hey, Flow Joe. I, I'll, yeah, I'll just go. leave it at that. Flow yeah, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Rod said, that's what Rod said. Rod hit him with the with the flow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Ty, you just said you were going to give us your favorite ass tune you ever received of all oh. time. Oh, my my favorite ass tune I ever received uh, was because of a dagger that um, 
Here we go, this dagger. I'm gonna to buy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy one from China, and I'm gonna give it to him. Important dagger. This dagger. Yeah. So I wasn't even signed for the shop anymore. Someone else was. His name was so and so, and then we lost a dagger somehow during the sense of items inventory, and and so I got called back to the shop, and I had taken over the Sigo's office because I was on my way out. So we had like a hands across, you know, the cantonment area looking for this dagger. And, and finally the Sergeant Major came in. We had all the senior NCOs in the, in the office. He comes in and he's, you know, where the F is this and where the F is that? And everybody's looking everywhere. So they go to this small little fridge up in the front of the shop. I had a big ass shop. Like I had a <laughs> armed room and everything. It was it was amazing, but he finds Corona, like a 12 pack of Corona and he absolutely loses his mind. <laughs> but the funny part of it is like, you can see his face. Like when he realized, Oh shit, I have to do this in front of everybody. I have to give it to Cobb uh, because of this beer in his fridge. So I saw the look on his face because I learned how to do that. Uh, from him, <laughs> I mean, by yeah. having a beer with your squad leaders and talk about yeah. shit that's coming up on the training calendar. So that was my favorite attitude of all times. Now I've had some ones that are actually serious where I was like, you know, I, I'd probably fucked up or something, but yeah, that was definitely my favorite. Yeah. All because is, of this man that, right here. I'll give you one last one. Uh, I was, I was doing a briefing and, uh, uh, I was I was lighting these guys up. Uh, we were downrange, and and they they had done something that wasn't wasn't safe, and I really fucking pissed. <clears throat> Dang it! And uh, I uh, <laughs> the radio kept going off, and I'm like, I said, turn that freaking radio off. <laughs> and you know they did it, and uh, and and I I start talking again, and I hear the radio go off again, and I'm like. I said, give me your radio. And the guy gives me his radio. And I take it and I throw it against the wall and I break the damn thing. And and I'm sitting there and I said, I said, turn your freaking radio off. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, there it is. You know, going, yeah. And, and, uh, and I hear it beep again. And I, I'm like, I'm, then I'm just like, you know, veins are popping and everything else. I'm like, this is it. I'm, I'm killing somebody. And I look down and he looks and he goes, uh, uh, he goes, uh, First our your radio. And I'm just like oh. I must have smashed like five radios in there. Um, you know, and it, so so the, the butt chewing I gave that I didn't or that they didn't deserve, uh, that was it. I should have gave it to myself. I was oh, I was so mad. I was so mad. Wow. But you uh, know you hey, know who Colonel Chris was like, Who is this Colonel Chris Burns? Because Clifford said that's his new uh, his new boss. He's a good dude. Okay. Um, yeah, Colonel Burns is a, is a good guy. Um, I think, uh, you, you do well with him. Um, matter of fact, uh, believe he just got out. So that's interesting. Uh, but, uh, solid dude. Very, very solid dude. Well, all I'm going to uh, tell you on that last story there, Rich, is you know that yeah. everybody in the room was like, this dude is crazy. Yeah, He's throwing our it. shit against the wall, <laughs> and it's his going off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something yeah. bad's probably happening, and we're not going to know because he's yelling at us. Yeah, yeah. My my combo guy that was sitting next door that was running the the RTO that was over there when when they got done and everybody left out and everything, he's like, "Oh my God, first sergeant." He goes, "Everybody left. Everybody in here took off and and they left because they didn't want to be in your path." That's the second uh, time. 
Yeah, when when you get out, and I and I'm just sitting there, I was like, I felt like such an idiot. I I was just so freaking mad, and I'm just like, man, I I deserve that one because you had to pay for the radio. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. See, so my new um, song for you is going to be LL Cool J. I can't live without my radio. <laughs> so so the song I was thinking from Run DMC, it's like that, and that's oh, the way like it is. That. Yeah, the way it and that's is. the way it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I partially redeemed myself, and um, yeah, there was no redemption yeah. needed, Sergeant Major. We, yeah. we you are the man, guys. I, I will tell you what, I, I have absolutely loved this. Um, this was fantastic. Uh, if you ever need somebody to kill uh, dead air for you, I'm your man. I'll come back. <laughs> You're right. welcome anytime. Anytime. Truly, truly an honor, brother. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, definitely appreciate it, guys. I, I wish you all the best. I'll be watching these shows in the future and that. So uh, great, great what you guys are doing. I just really appreciate what you're doing for What pets. can we improve on? What can we do better? Uh, no, I'm you know getting what? fired, bro. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm gonna get, <laughs> let's not ask that question online, bro. Damn. Hey, uh, you know, I, I think I, nothing. I think you guys are and, – and, DJ, I think you said it yourself um, – that, you know, eventually this thing's going to get big. And, and I think it will. Um, I think you guys are on the right path. Uh, you're, you're getting the right people out there and, and you know, doing this. It's, it's entertaining. It's, it's uh, fun. But you still, you're still hitting those hard topics. And, and I really appreciate it. So I, I think you guys are doing the right thing. Um, you know, the only thing I can say is that you know some senior people out there some, uh, that, are, that are still in. Get them on the show and ask them those hard questions. Yeah. And, and, and see what they say. See what they bring yeah. up to you. You know, Jerry I'd love Olsen. to hear their uh, combat politics. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I, I can yeah. I can be a little unvarnished now, whereas before yeah. I probably would have been, yeah. well, you know, technically. Um, I'm with so, you. Com Commodore, if you're out there listening, which I know you're not, I want you on here, man, because uh, I want to ask you why my style of leadership is no longer authorized in the United States military, and I'm old school, <laughs> and I should yeah. went home. Well, I hey, went home, baby. Let's uh. So Jerry Alchin, you've been challenged. Come tell us how you're gonna I, fix Navy I, recruiting. I, him, I'm a, I talked to him today. Well, he's in Washington right now, getting getting the and, business. Getting and the business. I'm gonna get him home. He didn't realize that was coming when he took that job. He's like, I'm gonna implement this prospect <laughs> plan. We're gonna put a whole bunch of people in. It's gonna be. Wait, I gotta hey, go to Jer DC. We no, about? Jer Jerry Sergeant Major's got a shirt on. It says E90. Now it's your turn, bro. Let's E9 a little bit. Come on on. Let's, let's see what you got, bro. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, guys. Uh, love it. I'll do it again someday if you if you need somebody to kill dead air. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Oh, appreciate it. Ladies Thanks and gentlemen, lot, you have been blessed to be in the room with our man Rich Woodring. This is... The Triple Threat Vet Podcast Show. I'm your man, DJ Royalty. Bring my fellas in. I need to see all my fellas. My man, Rich, is there any last words that you want to say before you get out of here, my man? Hey, I hope you all have a blessed uh, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, and all that. Just just take care of each other and, and sell the service. Salute right. to you, my friend. Thank you for your service. Thank you for all you do. My man, T.Y., you bought the man in the room. Is there anything that you want to say to the people before you leave today? Oh, yeah, for sure. This is a little glimpse into the leadership that I had. Uh, I've often said that I'm like, I was a recruiter's wet dream. I walked in. I knew I wanted to join. When I got to Fort Campbell, I had leaders like this that were doing top cover for me the whole time. It made my 18-year career and seven deployments 
seem like a cakewalk compared to all that overhead fire they had to uh, uh, cover from me, but I, I'm appreciative. Thank you for uh, listening to uh, Rich Woodring, Woodring and Sergeant Major. Thank you so much for sharing your stories. My sure. man. Thank you. We're going to slide on over to my man, Al Hero, in the building up on my top center. What you got, my man? Nothing, bro. Love you guys. I'm glad this, this is a this is therapeutic for me um, and the shit I deal with every day. Love you. I've met a bunch of friends through this podcast, like my boy Dusty, lifelong brother forever. Love you guys. Thank you for letting me stay on here and not fucking cancel me. <laughs> Love y'all. And just for Rich, I got one for you. Ah! <laughs> to my man to my brother like that my man big matt what you got for the people before we leave no I, i'm same way rich thank you for coming on and sharing all the knowledge that you have it's it's very entertaining i can't wait for the next visit and uh i just i gotta plug it it's breast cancer awareness month got your six is selling some uh breast cancer awareness t-shirts they're right here in the back 25% goes to Susan G. Komen. So go to the website. We now have the website, sameflagsameoath.com. Go check it out. Buy a breast cancer shirt, give back, and let's let's find a, a cure. My man. I'm going to give a shout to some of the people that's still on before we leave. I see Marcia's in the building. Rod, Steve, Shizza, Lonnie, everybody who is out there that watched us today that took the time to get to know my man Rich. We appreciate you. You guys come back. Make next time be your best time. I am DJ Royalty. I want to give love, blessings, and be safe. Understand that mental health, mental wellness is a real thing. If you know somebody who may be in a dark space, make sure you reach out to them. We cannot afford to lose another person to suicide. Let's work on that. Let's do better. Let's be better for each other. I am DJ Royalty. This is the Triple Threat Vet Podcast, and we are out of here. I love y'all.